0: you me let's go go bone tomahawk everybody and welcome to i like to movie movie the show where we usually decide who's going to kick off the show before we start i was and then a pregnant pause just we we,
2: i went for it i steamrolled it no one heard the pregnant pause that was (laughs) just me waiting for the machine to start recording you literally started at exactly the right moment oh
0: perfect well (laughs) welcome to the show everybody my name is dan scully my name is
2: garrett smith and uh, oh, I'm glad that that worked out. It That's was good perfection. Oh, good, good! And it was a great moment of comedy just for me, just for <laughs> yeah. just,
0: just for our moment here. Yeah. But yes, uh, everybody, thank you so much for uh, I don't know what did we do recently. <laughs> gonna thank oh, we had for Michael it. on the show. We did have Michael on the yeah. show.
2: Thank you so much for uh, being on the show, and He's thank from you Atomic City Comics, Atomic City Comics, Black Panther with us, uh, which I think people have been enjoying. We got quite a few downloads there, mm-hmm. uh, which makes sense. That movie just crossed the billion dollar mark, if I'm not mistaken, worldwide. It's crazy. Yeah, it's um, awesome. So it's uh, doing amazing amazing box office, as it should, hopefully changes the landscape of Hollywood. I just give... I will... I want to see every property taken
0: over by Ryan Coogler, yeah. but I also want to see him just like crank out Fruitvale 2. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. No, but you know, like do yeah. his own
2: stuff is what I mean. That would yes. be so cool. I Yeah, I definitely hope that this does not mean Coogler gets lost in the franchise machine mm. and instead just means he gets to do more. The fact that he you know. stepped into two of the most like atypical franchises, yeah. the Rocky, which has been going
0: for close to 50 years now. And I think most and, like, people thought was over. And die. Yeah. Thought was over twice. Yeah. Was rebooted twice. Yep. And this time... To like a new series yeah and then black panther which is like in the biggest toy box in the world he shows up and just blows it all away that's like he's that's wild
2: that dude has made his mark already Mm -hmm. and he's at the i think he's younger than you and i you know like he's at the very beginnings of his career (laughs) it's It's so crazy unreal and and incredible (laughs) he's gonna uh,
0: i feel like i'm retired
2: yeah (laughs) no what i'm what i am is tired tired (laughs) Uh well the reason we're tired yes. is because you and I uh with our good friend Ian uh Ian uh, wait what's his last name Kimball Kimball <laughs> uh, from uh uh I just called him a good friend and then when what's do his last we say name? tired yeah uh from uh uh, uh shoestring gold uh who's previous uh he's a previous guest on the show he did it follows with us I believe mm-hmm. uh we all went to see Ready Player One last night yes. on in IMAX three dimensions. And uh,
0: that's what it stands yeah. for. And,
2: and uh, well, so we knew we were going to see the movie and we decided, you know, we've done a couple Spielbergs here in the past. We did Jaws. We did War of the Worlds. I think that might be the only Spielberg we've hit so far. Does it feel right? Um, did we do any indie yet? I don't think we did. Yeah, we did. Um, did we do indie? We did
0: Raiders. Did we? I think we did Raiders. Maybe we did Raiders. I think we might have done Raiders. Maybe we did Raiders. Guys, we're so deep in this. We're uh, balls deep in yeah, this thing. We don't even know what yeah, we did. Yeah,
2: I have no idea. I don't no, I don't think but we've done
0: the Indians. Why are we living in the past? Yeah,
2: yeah. Why can't we look to the future? Exactly. <laughs> uh we got talking about it and we were like we should watch a Spielberg movie. We're going to see Ready Player One. We were both pretty hyped for the movie. I think we both liked the movie as well, by the yes, way. Just I get liked that it out of the bit, way. Yeah. I did too. Uh, I'm sure we'll end up talking about it a bit on this episode, oh, uh, yeah. and uh, but we'll, I guess we'll try to keep Ready Player One talk like mostly spoiler free, since that's not yeah, that's really true. what we're here to talk about. There's
0: really not much to spoil. Yeah, there Let's isn't the actually. Yeah, like you can reveal a reference to it that maybe people wouldn't want to yeah. hear, but like you can't even get mad if you hear that because right. it's not a spoiler. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there was certain things I wish I didn't know about Same. in terms of like who and what showed up from the canon of everything, yeah. but ultimately, like it's. It, that's whatever. Yeah. You know, like yep. that's it, That's not real. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. It's fine. Uh, but it, ultimately, I think that's, that's probably the point to make about ready player one is that its value is not necessarily in how many properties it can cram yep. into its roof. Its value is unfortunately not also in like the best characterizations right. in the world, but its value comes in just, this is the best looking action movie that has been out in you know, the best looking like big action yes. movie, not like a John Wick or anything, yeah. but yeah, right, uh, right. like an event action yeah, movie, prob- this is the best look to that in a, decade yeah it's crazy yeah
2: it it it, it was remarkable in a in quite a few ways there are quite a few ways that it's unremarkable which Mm -hmm. is somewhat i the thing i ended up writing on letterboxd about it as, as long as we're talking about it it's just like i did really enjoy this movie like i love this movie for what it is i lament the movie that it could have been
0: yes there's a ton of missed opportunities yeah yeah it's the same feeling although much less uh just because I like Ready Player One way better than this movie, but I mm-hmm. still liked it. But it's the same feeling I had with Avatar. Yes. When I got out of it I was like, if they play that again on IMAX three D, I'm going because it looks awesome in totally. it's an event. Yep. And it's it's so much fun to watch. Yep. But like I, I, I'm not gonna really start picking at it because it doesn't you know, there's just not that much there beyond that. Yeah. This has more than an avatar, for sure, just by the nature of it being Spielberg. And yep. you know, that I think a lot of the the attempted themes are close to our hearts, but
2: yes. you know. Yeah. It's it was cool. You get to watch Spielberg at his basically like most Spielbergiest as far as the filmmaking is concerned. He's
0: using every trick he's picked up over how long has he been a filmmaker? A 350 f- years? Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. Every trick he's had is crammed into yep. this almost by necessity, but never to the point where you're like, this is a gimmick, which right. is
2: weird because it is. It, right, exactly. You know, like, yeah. It's, it's so wild. It's there are phenomenal sequences in this. Mm. And it all and truly, I think from just like a digital effects perspective. It's honestly one of the best movies I've seen. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it looks incredible, I think. Um, so anyway, that's a, a genuine recommendation for Ready Player One. And Especially, I think- like, see it in the theater.
0: And if you can go, like, on a Friday or Saturday night and you get the other people yep. reacting to what they see, we didn't have much of that. We mostly just did it to each other. Yeah, but yeah. The in the, uh, I feel like that's a fun thing, too, yeah, you know? Yeah, it got
2: an applause at the end. People yeah. were, like, clearly excited by it and, and pleased with it and stuff. Yeah. Um, but uh, I actually can recommend the IMAX 3D on that as well. Yeah, it I normally good. don't, but I thought field. it looked really good. Um, <coughs> and uh, and honestly, I think kind of like helped some of that too. Like I do mm-hmm. wonder what it would look like in 2D if it would be a little different as far as my feelings about the effects work and stuff.
0: If I see it again, it'll be in like the R P X, yeah, that kind yeah. of thing, where yep. it's it fits the full screen because this was this was on the IMAX screen. Yep. It was projected IM, but not in that full yes. scope IMAX. But yep. you know. It was, that's fine. I really enjoyed it. It, Yeah, it it, it was, it looked good.
2: Yeah, there's, and there's just, I mean, nobody does action like Spielberg, which got Dan and I talking about as we were kind of heading into Ready Player One, we were like, we should do another Spielberg for the show. We got talking about what we wanted to do. We threw a bunch of stuff out from a bunch of different eras of his career, but very quickly you and I both settled on like, I don't know why. But what I want to watch right now is Minority Report. Minority Report. Minority Report is the Spielberg that I want to revisit right now. And I don't know what it is about Ready Player One that put us both there, but I had the same exact I think I know exactly what it is. Yeah.
0: And we were talking about this a lot watching the movie. This is something that we often say on the show about The Matrix or about Tron. Yes. It's everything after this movie looked a little bit like this movie. Yes. And so a lot of what we see as just commonplace and baked into what we see as futuristic sci-fi Began in Minority Report, yeah, and it created sort of a a sci-fi, but made it more of a noir kind of thing, yeah. But it was a little bit more of that clean, crisp tech as yep. opposed to the steampunky tech totally. of a Blade Runner, totally. And um, it's it's very everything I've, now looks a little bit like it,
2: definitely. Well, the Blade Runner comparison you made was really interesting to me because I was like, oh yeah, absolutely, this is definitely a future noir. Mm-hmm. You know, that's one hundred percent what this movie is but it doesn't feel or look like blade runner mm-hmm. you know it like it's it does like a have it's cowboy bebop noir yeah. it, like sort of has that kind of a thing to Yeah it's it playful but Yeah it just I was impressed with how distinct it is mm-hmm. given the fact that ultimately you can trace it back to the same kind of like genre roots you mm-hmm. know um and it is like super noiry and does like some interesting things where like because it's in color instead of playing with shadows he's playing with light oh with the bright lights you and you know stuff? like yeah. it's which is kind of an interesting well, to finish my point though the oh, yeah, re- please. the
0: reason why i think we chose it is because we look at ready player one and go oh there's been 20 years of movies and sp- like you could almost sandwich stuff in between them and just see how that evolved into here he is riffing on a style that came from his own stamp on the yes. style if you know yep. what i'm saying oh 100 yeah, that's that was the, the... i
2: mean and that's like I, one of the things that i think is great about ready player one uh and i this will make me sound dumb but i don't mean this by the references it's making i mean by the filmmaking that's in it uh it, it's like a spielberg's greatest hits mm-hmm. it's like a retrospective on his career that he made mm-hmm. you know what i mean only he could have done it. Yeah. Like that and
0: that's that's probably the, the plainest fact. Mm-hmm. Anybody else could have done it and it would have been either weird or kind of bad. And yeah. whereas this is just like a pretty good movie. It's yeah. not like reinventing the wheel or no. anything. Yeah. It's pretty good. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Only he could have gotten it there,
2: I think. Yeah.
0: Just because he's the only filmmaker working right now who's just been working that fucking long, that fucking regular, and that fucking successfully. Yeah.
2: And he just he stages action better. Than, mm-hmm. than most directors, he does. He if, thinks about it in terms of
0: pre-production. Yeah. It, it's it's not about cutting the action together. It's about creating this incredible action. Yeah. And then seaming it together with other cre- yep. you know, incredible action. His
2: action scene, you know, you and I were talking about this at the beginning of the movie, because the movie almost literally opens on like a Rube Goldberg machine. Mm-hmm. Uh, Minority Report, I mean. Almost mm-hmm. opens on like a Rube Gol- Goldberg machine. That's- What's his name? Rube Gorber. Rube room- Gorber. Yeah, uh, Gorberger. Rube Gorberger. I always think
0: of Rune Glifberg. <laughs> yeah, from Tony Hawk's Pro uh-huh. Skater. I presumably a real skater. I don't know. Yeah. I was only a real skater insofar as playing Tony Hawk uh-huh. and buying like the first four editions of it. Uh-huh. But uh, Rune Glifberg is who I always think yeah. of. Uh, but, but does it- a Christ air and then the yes, egg drops exactly. into the pan and yep. the little dipping bird flips <laughs> over the edge and knocks the ruler over and
2: the marble no. But that I mean, that is like how I would describe most Spielberg action sequences Absolutely. as like a little sort of self-contained Rube Goldberg machine. Mm-hmm. Like you said, it's not this variety of angles on a punch, you know, contacting somebody. It's like this very specific setup of uh um, you know, objects and bodies and and the way they sort of as one connects with the other, what the what the aftermath of that is and how that mm-hmm. affects the next part. And we just we run down this kind of Rube Goldberg machine of action sequences. I don't know why more people don't make their action sequences that way. I think, I mean, this
0: is just spitballing, but maybe it's a matter of taste. Because yeah. I, when I see his action sequences, I don't think of them in terms of like there's no brutality to it, right? And like there is a taste for brutality. I yes. like it, and yeah. like a Tarantino does a good mix of totally. the fluid work of you know of a Spielberg yep. and just like utterly brutal, you know. But where it's just, I don't want to say utterly brutal, but like. Okay, we always go back to Civil War, yep. where we don't need to see the punch; we just need to amplify the film so a punch happens. Yeah, you know, where he swings and then we make a big noise, yeah. the camera shakes a little bit, yeah. and it's like that—that that feels a little bit more abrasive. But that is our taste. Yeah, so That's to true. see Spielberg is a little bit out of what's what's common.
2: Yeah, and one of the things that I so, uh, you know, I guess we'll meander our way through Minority Report, which is probably yeah. good. Uh, but like one of the things I like about the movie is it it has like an edge to it that uh, I don't often think of Spielberg having, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, well, which is a little weird. It's like he made Saving Private Ryan. Like he's made movies that are literally brutal. It's like
0: a, a wistfulness to it. Yeah, it
2: feels a little bit more like
0: cynical and and, yeah, and kind of it's brooding. Yeah. It, it's it just feels grimy bad. a little bit, yeah. you know. It's it's seedy. It's like there's no sense of hope at any point, right? Yeah, you know, that's not really a thing. It's right. not about bigger issues beyond, you know.
2: Well, it, well, yeah, it, it is, but not in not in the classic. I mean, it has that classic sort of Spielberg happy ending, mm-hmm. but only in the ending. You know yeah. what I mean? Like everything leading up to it is is existential crisis. Yeah, it's relentless. It's weird. Yeah, it's.
0: Well, what's funny is we were the first thing we talked about when it started was how well the effects held up. Because these are really state-of-the-art effects from 2002. Yep. And uh, we weren't watching it in an optimum environment. No, we were It weren't. would probably still look good on on a big screen. Yeah. But there's still a separation from where it's CGI and where it's real. Yes. But to speak to what we were talking about with what we see in Ready Player One in terms of the action staging and yep. the, rub- the Rune Glyph Bergian yes. effects of... Of uh, doing a three sixty Christ, stand <laughs> you know, rune the, the Runeglyph Bergian effects of seeming together a scene much like a Rube Goldberg yep. machine. Uh, that's what we see here, cutting yep. from practical jetpacks, yeah, to uh, you know, crazy digital lifts yep. going up and down the side of a building, yep. but kind of seamlessly
2: going between them. And that he, he was using his skill to to create that. And that action set piece is like so I, so okay, so like to set the stage a little bit. Dan and I haven't seen this movie in years. I saw it I Theaters saw it in the theater the yep. night it came out and that's it. I think I saw it once or twice on DVD after that.
0: And admittedly, I remember just kind of losing the thread
2: of what was happening yes. and checking out and just being like, "Oh, cool action yeah. movie."
0: So like it, it it didn't affect me.
2: Well, when I, you know, when I saw it as a as a teenager when it came out, like I didn't have a lot of experience with noir. Mm-hmm. So when the movie felt like it was ending, it felt like it was ending. Mm-hmm. And so then for it to continue and end again and then continue yeah. and end again, it is easy to like lose the thread. Now, you know As, it's funny,
0: that around that time was around the time when I was like an edgy young kid who likes movies. Yeah, yeah. I was like, Yeah, fuck
2: Spielberg, he doesn't know how to do an ending. Yeah,
0: yeah. And and all of these examples that I had in my head of him not nailing an ending are actually examples of him nailing an ending.
2: Yeah. And he always nails the ending. Yeah. <laughs> well, <I'm> and <laughs> watching it now with like more context and, and enjoying like noir movies and stuff, it's like yes, those things do feel like endings. They're supposed to. Yeah, exactly. The idea is that it's supposed to feel like catharsis for the main character, only then, for him to boom. find out that this goes way fucking yeah, deeper. It you goes know? deeper. Yeah, yep. Oh, that was so good. It's Yeah, I it mean... It was really good. It's really good, because I... So, uh, there is
0: a little bit of... Uh, it is dated. Yes. Uh, the effects are a little bit, little bit dated. Yep. Especially uh, that one car hides it sequence. Because, yeah, the car sequence yep. is weird, but he hides it Where the, like when he burst into that one pod. So good. And it's him with the, the background going by. It's clearly a fake background. Yep. And then it leaps to digital Tom Cruise jumping over yep. and... But it's it's seamless enough, yeah. that it it
2: works. I never, I'm
0: never like oh fake, like
2: the well, majesties. And it's there. like you're saying, it's like the it, it's something about his. But ca- it is dated. It is dated. But it's something about his camera work and the way he uses his camera, even in digital environments like that, where and he works with great actors like Tom Cruise, who I, I truly think team. is a great actor. He's got a good got team, a team doing everything. But know, like, like Cruise will sell that, right? Yeah. Like he'll sell the shit out of it, no matter how dated it might look. And because Spielberg uses his camera the way he does, yeah, your brain might immediately go like, "Well, that you know, the effects there don't look great." But I'm in on this sequence. Oh, I'm yeah. fully there. Like I'm not, you know, it's the well, he's the he's the master of movie magic. Yep. It is what it is. Like yep.
0: he he can tell the story if he has to, even if it doesn't make sense, it works. Yep. And so this is he just makes that work. He yeah. knows how to like. Well, this is the tool I'm working with. Let's yep. make it work. It's oh, like it's that so sequence good. is pretty good. You know, he couldn't make Hook work. Um, <laughs> But that's that's yeah. just because generally, and I'm gonna I'm gonna say here's a hot take. Sure, I think that overall, Peter Pan
2: is just kind of a shitty thing. Peter it, Pan it's is just kind of shitty. I loved the Disney cartoon growing up, yeah. but I kind of think it's because like the Disney cartoon like nails the magical elements of that story. That's fine. Yeah, like, I have nothing against Peter yeah. Pan,
0: but like you're not gonna. Uh, that's the the pinnacle. Yeah, you know that's it. It's, it's that story shitty. in and of itself is weird. Also, that's I've seen so many people do like this is the new take on Pan that's going to do it. I'm like, it's the same
2: take. He's a little flying dude. Yeah, and uh, Lost also Boys. the take on here. Pan is it's literally about like not growing up and taking responsibility for things. That's not a great story yeah. to tell. It turns <laughs> yeah. out that's not a great story to tell people. Well, that's
0: what they tried to bring to it with Hook.
2: Yeah, but I, you know, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. yeah. Uh I, I think by the way, I think the comparisons to Hook that Ready Player One has gotten on the interwebs are unfair. I think they're unfair as well. Yeah. yeah. Very unfair. Yeah, I would I'm, say so. I'm like I said, we're both being critical of that movie. Yeah. That's a very unfair comparison. Mm-hmm. Uh but uh so minority report though, so we you know Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> rewatching it now, like it, you know, I saw it as a teenager. That's the last time I saw it, like at least 10 years ago, you know? And I don't remember it being this like bleak sort of um commentary on where we are right now. Well, which is, is also to say an early post-9-11 movie.
0: Totally. And that's when
2: all movies got cynical as fuck. Like even Spielberg, of course he's gonna feel that. Absolutely. But like I don't remember that about this movie. You know, yeah. like I remember being in teenager and going like, woo, cool sci-fi stuff. Yeah. Ooh, you know? Matrix. Yeah. Yeah. That's we were only four years out from the Matrix. I, I just remember thinking it was cool. That's like all I really remember about it, you know? Mm-hmm. And watching it now, it's like, okay, not only was this like a very um not somber is the wrong word, but like a bleak. like a, yeah, like bleak a, is the only a word I can think bleak of. introspective look at like where we are now as Americans in two thousand and two unfortunately, it's <laughs> yeah. almost more accurate to where we are as Americans now in two thousand and eighteen mm-hmm. like it it the way it's addressing crime and how we think about crime and the radical ways and w- the radical lengths we might go to try and on well, like the weighing of
0: the the aid of prevention yeah. with the need for liberty. Yes. And like that is that is what the scales of justice is about. Yeah. And it is just unfortunately I think there's just there's no good answer. It's always going to be a right. push and pull. Yep. So this is a universal theme but yep. It is very weird watching it now, especially
2: with the reintroduction of how bleak the movie is. It was very weird at first. It was was a freak out movie. I mean, but, you know, like early on, they're talking about, you know, this whole department being developed out of necessity because the murder rate is so high, which feels like a thing that's happening right Mm -hmm. now. And then by the end of the movie, the ultimate villain is giving a speech about never needing these guns again. Maybe we yeah. can live in a world where we don't need guns anymore. And using that to sell his product, which is an inherently bad way yeah. to
0: do justice. Well, it's the but it's the best way to do right. prevention. Yeah. It's uh oh, it's so fucking it, I hate it. it dude, it I is I don't like, want to talk about this part of the movie cuz it's upsetting. It is upsetting. <laughs> That's like,
2: the thing. It's like legitimately upsetting and it feels like What got like,
0: me was the commercials that they showed yeah. of people that are talking to the camera that are like, "I lost my sister." Yep. "That won't happen to you." You know, yep. "Oh, I lost my father." And it's just literal murder like uh people who are adjacent to murder yes. victims and related to murder victims pleading for you know just whatever the agenda yeah. is. And it's it's just it's just wild like like we we there's a celebrity moment happening now around a shooting and it's yep. it, it's it's just wild. i don't i don't know what to say about it it's just
2: I, wild i don't either i i the thing that struck me about it the most was just like you know so in 2002 we're we're post i mean we're post on 11 but we're also we're we're post columbine mm-hmm. um and, and you know it, it starts to feel like um basically domestic... terror. I don't even mean domestic terrorism in, like, hey, someone from our country is committing it. I do mm-hmm. mean that. But I also mean, like, terrorism on our own soil, you mm-hmm. know, from, from afar as well, um, is becoming a reality for Americans, right? Um, but yeah, The like,
0: idea that we're we're not impenetrable...
2: Yes. ...is starting to show we're not up. S- I've garbled that word. Yeah. Up- we're not safe in our own home... Yeah, exactly. ...anymore is becoming, like... Uh, There's a feeling... It's called terror. Right. Ex- <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, but, like... You know, I, I was a teenager at the time, and mm-hmm. I and I lived through all of those things. I, you know, I li- I lived through Columbine, I lived through nine eleven, but I I was still too young to put them all in perspective mm-hmm. and be truly afraid. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yep. Oh, I was. I mean, I'm only what like two years older than yes. you. Yes. Yep. Same boat. I, yeah. I I I was too young to be afraid that these things to see a pattern mm-hmm. and that these things might mean I'm unsafe. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And unfortunately now i'm older and those things have continued to happen Mm -hmm. and now it does look like a pattern to me and i do feel a little unsafe and a little scared Mm -hmm. and if i feel that way and i'm the kind of person that has like some empathy for people in the world and stuff so i can kind of like keep it in check a little bit and not let that fear run rampant into Mm -hmm. my own version of terror on other people which seems to be sometimes a reaction to these Mm -hmm. things right that means there's a lot of people that are that afraid, and that oh, you know, and are probably turning to their own versions of terror. And this fucking movie is like literally about that. Mm-hmm. The first big twist in the movie is you know the first time you think it's ending is John uh, discover is thinking he found the man that kidnapped his son, and us as an audience realizing oh he is gonna fucking kill this guy, yeah. which the whole movie we've been believing like no 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 he's the hero he's not yeah, gonna this kill is this the guy. Setup. Not only do we go like, oh, he is going to kill this guy. We want him to fucking kill that yeah. guy. We're on his side suddenly, like all of a sudden in a moment. And it's that like the whole movie made me so uncomfortable because it's like in 2002 before I knew to be afraid of any of this stuff. Spielberg or some the writers, some probably Spielberg as well, are already afraid of those things. And literally predict our future. Mm -hmm. Where it's like, yeah, we're going to continue to be afraid of those things because those things are going to get worse. We're going to keep making choices based in fear, which means... Then we, the, have, to like, this then we cycle, have to make choices yes. based in fear when yes. we choose to first. It's, yes. It's yeah. heartbreaking. We have to make reactive choices yeah. because of the choices we made in fear. And yeah, those exactly. reactive choices are only rooted in so much more, so fear, much more fear because of it.
0: It just gets worse. It's I,
2: I, like I This movie melted my mind. I one was of the so things
0: that's so interesting about it is that the function of the precogs. Yes. So, uh, you, I mean, we're spoiling. So you've I, yeah. all seen this. And but I the imagine of the precogs yes. is that... They can give you the names of who the victim is and who the murderer is the perp yep. and the perp and uh they can kind of do like flashy visions of it and all yep. that, and they may or may not agree, but the general consensus is that they they do it you yes. know that's that's what's happening yep. but um premeditated crimes have disappeared as a result of this. Yes. So, because premeditated crimes, as soon as you have the thought, and it sets off the, the butterfly the chain effect of that events, leads the, to you doing the
2: it. Rune- the Rune machine. <laughs> the Rube Goldfarb machine. The Rune Goldfarb machine
0: is... Um, once that gets, you know, we we kick the bucket and the man dives in and the cage falls down on the mouse. Only yeah. it never works. Yeah. that game just never oh, never worked. It took way longer to set up than the it did to play, and then work. it fucked up anyway. And then you had to reset it up. Ugh. And I and I I fucking loved it. It's <laughs> loved a game it. where you get to tinker. All you I wanted to tinker. do as a kid is tinker. I I don't think I've actually ever played Mousetrap by the doing by the spots. Ah no, I just wanted just to just set, it set up, the shit off. Set it off, up. and yep. then, mom. Yeah, you know yeah. But uh, anywho, so but. The premeditated crimes are gone. They basically cease. Because people just don't think about it. Yeah. So the result of that is that crimes of passion sort of increase. Yeah. And crimes of passion, due to their nature, happen, like, these guys got to act quick. In a moment. And so they have to get legislation real quick. They get a couple other eyes on it. They line up some clues. They establish motive. They establish just as much as they can, as fast as they can just to grab it, but it's about that fear, about that passion. Yes. And so we wonder, too, if this if this technology is causing an influx of that passion, in that fear, yeah. causing this.
2: Yeah. Well, because, like, uh, it's like you said, like, uh, okay, so if they can predict the future, if they can predict the crime, um, people that would be, I guess, willing to or want to commit criminal acts would be less likely to because they mm-hmm. know it's so likely they'll get caught and, and put in jail, right? And that's what... Even even now,
0: like we yeah. think of crime as a preventative measure, yes. and unfortunately too much like a vengeance measure and not enough like a rehabilitation member you know, uh, for crime and punishment. Yes, but uh, we do think of it as a like serving your time kind of thing. Yeah, you know, like doing your time and
2: yeah, yeah, and it, I, but I I think like a. Like you're saying like a little bit what the movie is getting at is like, okay, so we we, we prove to people that if they, they want to commit a crime, they're going to get arrested for that,
0: it. That's what I mean. It's like a little bit of crime is like it's supposed to be preventative in terms of fearing the punitive Exactly, measures. yeah. yeah, that's, yeah. That's fearing the measures say. is is what
2: stops you from doing it. Yes. So if those measures get Which more... Which is such a fucked idea to think about. Totally. It. <laughs> and so if those measures get more extreme and more accurate, right, mm-hmm. in the, in their extremity, uh, maybe that decreases the... You don't the, even think about you it. Stopped, yeah. you, you just stop thinking about it. So that said, how many crimes are actually like passion crimes mm-hmm. that end up being like planned or end it right? And so like suddenly it's like it starts to bring out maybe like the true criminal nature of some people, right? Like the 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 if if you're planning you're a criminal if you're planning a crime. Right? Yeah. Fair. But you're a pending criminal, right? But what if? I guess you're not officially a criminal, but yeah, you're right. That's like, a lot of what this movie's like, getting at. But you have a criminal mentality, at least to, to get to yeah, that. exactly. Yeah, like exactly. The, the point I'm trying to make is like you, you, you know, sure, planning a crime is is whatever that makes you some of a criminal mind. Mm. Um, but what if you're criminal by nature? Like, like what? What if? What if you are one of those quote unquote evil people that we think may exist in the world that mm. just doesn't matter how many laws you put in place. Yeah, they're just they're, unbalanced right? and off. Yeah, they're uh, just doing it like. They're gonna eat someone. They don't give a fuck, right? And, <laughs> yeah. and so, so preventing the premeditation thing. How much does that bring out of the woodwork? The you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, these yeah. like the, these sort of like these these inherent intentions that some people might have. But really, what I think the movie is getting at is like that might not be true. Like we just fear that that's true, and 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 because we fear that that's true, we build these systems of extreme measure to prevent these things we fear from happening that may never happen mm-hmm. that are not, you know, we, we, we imagine these, these people, these evils, these, and then we're, and then sometimes we're proven right. Mm-hmm. Sometimes. And p- it's only by number. It's just a numbers game. Yep. Yeah. It's yeah. I don't, I'm literally getting lost trying to even talk about it because it's so, I don't know the movie, like it, it just blew my mind the way it like really, I'm sure at the time I couldn't appreciate how current it was. But now it's almost worse that it still feels current. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's like, yeah, I don't know. It, it it twisted my brain around a little bit. We we talk a lot
0: about how it's tough to draw a line on certain crimes. Yes. As to where that line is, you know, like, when is this a foible and when is this assault? Yeah. When is this... I could probably kill this guy. And when is this? If you don't stop me right now, this guy will be dead. You yeah, know, and like yeah. when when, when was I, you know, when I put the thing in my pocket, was I just putting it there so I could walk up to the register? Or am I only a criminal when I walk out the door? Right. And some would say, you know, it's when you think about putting it in your pocket. Some right. would say it's when you put it in your pocket. Some would say when it's when you turn towards the door with intent. Yep. Some would say it's only when you set off the alarm. Yep. You know, and others would say, yeah, but you're just sticking it to the man anyway. It's Barnes and Noble. Right. Fuck <laughs> yeah, you know, it's yeah. so like, that's a line that can't be drawn, and then, unfortunately, in a civil society, must be drawn. So, naturally, our sci-fi is going to want to talk about that a little bit.
2: Yeah, it's it's just, well, and then, you know, the other fascinating thing is, like, then you go, like, oh, and by the way, it's not like this script was written in 2002. It's based on a short story from, like, 40 years before that or whatever. You, yeah. yeah, I'd be curious, actually, when, because I, was it the 60s that Dick was, was writing and, and, and publishing stuff? That feels right to me, but I I I don't know that. No clue. Yeah, I I don't know that. Yeah, I'd be curious to know because it it it's that weird thing of like, man, how you know you watch it in 2018 and you're like, holy shit, Spielberg was so prescient. And it's like, yeah, but it came out in 2002, which means it was about fears we already had at that time. So how prescient is it? And then it's like, yeah, but it was based on a short story from. Whatever, 20, 30 years before that. 1956. 56.
0: 1956. First published in Fantastic Universe. Ah. That is, oh, there you go. Yep. Precogs. So but, it, so that's, well, I don't want to read because I actually would like to read the story. I, I should would should have too. probably read the story before. Oh, that's true. That but, would be interesting. <laughs> well,
2: but I mean, the, without having to read it, it's like the, 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 the point I'm making is like the, just the, you know, in 2018, this feels like, oh, this was so prescient. I can't believe it predicted where we are now. Whereas in 2002, the year it was made, it's like, yeah, this is where we are right now. This is scary. It's and, a
0: universal theme, though, right? I think and that's then what it's like down to.
2: exactly, and then it's like, yeah, but it's based on a story from the 50s. Like mm-hmm. it's it's a 50 year old story, so this we were afraid of it then we're
0: too. Always going to be fighting about it, even now. Just like we are we, obviously referring to the argument over guns yep. happening yep. over just yep. repeated tragedies. Yep. But if you look at, like, it's pretty polarizing. There's a lot of people who I think don't get a voice that are reasonable and and are willing to try and come up with some kind of thing that pleases as many people as possible. But when you see the strong divisiveness, that just shows, like, this is the kind of thing that will always be around forever. There's just too many people to come to a consensus on anything. So the measure of justice versus liberty is going to be universal as governments evolve, as societies evolve and all that. So you could do a minority report every 30 years you yeah. find something new about it. That's true. Doesn't make it any less heartbreaking because it's it seems very specific yeah. because they are talking about crime, justice, and murder. Yep, And, you know, but this could be spread just across simple social discourse, yeah. the same messages. You know, and I think because it doesn't really come to an answer as to what it, the right thing is, by the time you get to of, the end of the movie, you know, like it follow is, your heart and be a good person as yeah. best as you can. I think it can be reused like that, too.
2: Well, by the time you get to the end of the movie, it's not even... I mean, the movie is definitely about these things, and even more... We haven't even got into, like, the science and faith thing Mm -hmm. that's going on. There's, like, a bunch of things that are going on in this thematically. By the time you get to the end, it's a noir. It's not actually about any of those thematics it's specifically about john and the crime and, and trying to figure out who's responsible and it's trying to town jake you know what i mean it's like yeah, it, yeah, yeah. by the time you get to the end like those Anderton. yeah it yeah. bugs me a little bit a little bit not it's, gonna lie it's a weird name it should be anderson yeah
0: i guess that's what it was in the novel but yeah, come on it's weird we've made bigger we've ruined i am legend with a whole script yeah. change so yeah. you can just change the name to anderson it's yeah although then again though
2: that could call into the matrix because everyone's like oh, mr anderson mr anderson <laughs> true yep Yeah, but it it is, um, yeah, I don't know, it's just, uh, I I, want to talk about, like, the movie, you know, at some point, too, but that thematic stuff crushed me. And, by the way, it's, like, a crushing movie anyway. You know, it's about this, like, cop who lost his son in this, like, tragic incident that is, like, really no one's fault, you know? That is and it's horrifying
0: because even at the end he doesn't get closure as to who no. or what. Nope. Um he doesn't even know what happened to his he son. He has no he idea. He just knows that he doesn't have him. Yep. You know, he, he could be out there. He could there. be alive. He could be alive. And like and what sucks is like he's probably fucked and dead. Yep. You know, and in a in a bad way. Yep. And that is that's horrifying. Yeah. And he can't know any of that He and has, will no. never. Yep. Nope. No closure. We got to talk about that device. It's a late stage reveal, but all it is is this great dad moment where Tom, a motherfucking cruise, Uh is like... Him and his son are talking about how long a whale holds its breath. And he's like, well, you know, I'm Tom Cruise, so I can hold my breath longer than a whale. I've been training for this. Which is actually true. Yeah, I've been training for this. I've been in a tank with David Blaine for six months. We're eating only nothing. (laughs) We're eating nothing ever. And so here we go. I'm going in the water. And he dunks in the water. He says like, hello, what's up to a lady that swims by while underwater? And then pops up and his kid's gone. Gone. Like his watch falls in the pool that that his son was holding to time him while underwater.
2: Falls in the pool and then he's gone and that's it. That's it. That's it. Never sees his son again. That is so fucking It's so horrifying. fucked. Yeah. And, and it's a really good, I think, storytelling device where we spend the whole movie hearing about how he lost his son. Mm-hmm. He lost his son in this pool accident. You just assume it's a, dr- it's a drowning. Mm-hmm. That, is, that his son, like, drowns in a, in a tragic pool accident. And then somehow it's, like, worse than that. That it's just this brief moment where Tom Cruise takes his eyes off of him for one fucking second, in order to be a good dad. To be a good dad, it's like dad. a
0: great moment. They're it's, playing, they're having yep. a good time. He's just his kids having a great day at the yep. pool, the best day. Yep. And and of and it's Spielberg, so of course he's got to pop up, kiss his kid on the forehead, and yep. go under because yep. you know,
2: because dad's dad's man. Am I it, right? Yes, you know, yep,
0: yep. <laughs> it's, it is what it is. It
2: is so hard, and then it's like doubly heartbreaking towards the end of the movie when. He confronts a guy that he believes, and we as the audience believe in that moment, is who kidnapped his son, and we're like, oh, this is crushing. He found out Mm. that he did get kidnapped. He spent time with this guy that looks definitely creepy. Like the time they spent together seems creepy. And And then the guy admits, literally saying he's doing it. He did it. Yeah, admits to I did it. I did kill your son. I murdered him. And then they reveal that that's all bullshit anyway. Not just murdered him. put put him him in a a barrel yeah barrel and threw him in the river and
0: And then he floated to the top to the top and it took an hour to sink
2: yeah yeah
0: that's just that's
2: just mean it's crushing that's yeah, that's So sucks. it's like it, he lost his son. Crushed. Whoever wrote that is like really fucked. It's crazy. <laughs> well, because we haven't even got to the full fucked of it yet, <laughs> yeah. which is he lost his son. That's this fucked. This is just the fuck of it. Then, then he, it gets yeah. fucked. <laughs> then he meets the guy that kidnapped his son and admits to murdering his son, which is so fucked. And then that guy admits, actually, somebody just hired me to tell you this story. I'm not that guy. Yeah, so you'd kill me. So, all of the things that, all the closure you just got, which was horrible and fucked. But, but
0: what he wanted. Yep. Regardless. Exactly. What he wanted and what he very much expected. And because he says, uh, I I thought of two things. Yep. You know, where is my son right now? Yep. And what am I going to do to the what I'm going to do to the guy that took him? Yep. So like he is capable and ready to kill this is what he wants. So like he does in some sick way want this. Yep. He wants to kill this guy because he thinks that and will then be what all of
2: that it. is immediately taken away from him when the guy reveals, "Oh, I've been lying. Somebody paid me to tell you this yeah. story." That is. The most fucked. I would still want, I would actually still
0: want to kill him. Yes. <laughs> I'd be like, listen. A I million ki- percent. I'm killing somebody. Today. Yeah. They said I was going to
2: do it. Yeah. The con said it. Yeah. It's going to be and you. And they said it was going to be you. Yeah. They said it was the bottom And I was convinced involved. it was going to be you. Yeah. And then I decided to be the better man and not make it you. And now you fucking fuck. It's going to be you. <laughs> it's going it's to be me. <laughs> yeah. There, we had a
0: conversation about the, it's going to be me. We had too long it a
2: conversation about. How good the it's gonna be
0: May meme is. It's the best. Yeah. And it is gonna be uh May very soon. It is gonna be May. Yeah, it's March now. Yeah. So but yeah. <laughs> the, the, uh, it's a very cruel movie like that. This seems to be darker than what Spielberg's typical MO uh, is. I think so. It is it's very cruel and punishing, and ultimately I it does have an ultimately good ending. Yes. But it doesn't give any closure to really any of that. Uh, no. You know, it just Yeah, he gets no closure from that. It is what it is. It is what it is. They're gonna have a new baby.
2: The the closure is that he, you know, and uh, you know, it is the classic sentimental Spielberg thing. But the closure is that he moves. The closure is moving on. Mm. The closure is not actual closure for what happened, but the closure is being able to finally move on Mm. and, and and reconnect with his wife and get pregnant. Blah blah blah. Right? Like that is the and and. Maybe that's what Spielberg's going for, what he's trying to tell us, that the tragedy is tragedy, and it's tragic, and it's going to happen, and the best we can do is keep moving forward, Mm because we still have more time. Well, I think that's his arc entirely, is the
0: stop living in the past, stop fixating on the future, and worry about what you can do now. Yeah and that's, that's I mean, the that movie was the is, theme of Arrival Yeah, uh, and that's I think very much a theme across a fair amount of sci-fi yeah. where it's like yes be be respectful of your past be be reverent to the lessons you can learn from your past yeah. but if you live in the past and you're consumed by the past you yep. miss this now or the future but in this case we have a world that is has faced so much loss so much murder that yep. everybody's sick of the past that they have literally run to the future yep. we are running to the safety of the future of knowing what's going to happen before it's going to happen and then fixing it and that ends up having its own problems yeah and the horrible compromise that turns out to be the savior of everything is to live in the now right now to be wary of the past be hopeful and and you know willing to to create a future yeah but only by living in the now can you do it and that's what his character learns yeah literally stop thinking about your dead son yeah uh, you can't look at the future because it shows you murdering somebody. Yeah. What can you do now? What can yeah. you do right now to yep. make that change? Yep. And that's that's a pretty hopeful thing, but it takes a lot of cynicism to get there. It does. We were talking about it the other day, how it's finally starting to look like this Trump thing set in, yep. uh, where we're getting a lot of monsters out of a lot of businesses yep. We're all very angry. We're all very angry, but we're getting to the point where like the the anger is starting to become ridiculous in its a functionality. Yes, and so it's kind of cool to see a movie that does have that lesson about just like what is the now production? What can be the thing that you do now to get all of the stuff fixed? Yeah, that's really cool. It's really
2: cool. And and by the way, it's so Spielberg. Like we're talking about how gritty it is, and and it's like a or or at least in respect to Spielberg's kind of. Ouvre. Mm-hmm. uh, it, you know, it's like it's a little gritty, it's a little dirtier, it's a little, but it's still very Spielbergian. It's super entertaining. It's full of these great sequences that, like, as soon as they started again, I was like, oh yeah, I remember this. Oh, yeah, this is the one. like oh, my the my packs. brain immediately yeah. is like, yeah, yeah, I remember literally everything about this. Uh, when we got to the 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 old woman with the the oh the, 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 the flowers? greenhouse, yeah. yeah. Tom Cruise for eight seconds almost got eaten to death by plants. Uh, Yep. Totally forgot that was going to happen. Yep. It like... That is so weird. It's so weird. This movie is full of like actual like And she was the,
0: the little femme fatale. Yep. But um... Uh, one thing I wanted to say before we yeah. lost the the thread of, like, the past and the future Please. thing. One of the things that Spielberg has gone on record as saying he kind of thinks he fucked up was in uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Yeah. Because there's a movie where uh, the lead female, yes, she is right. caught in the past because her son is gone. Yeah. And she just needs to find him. Yeah. We've got uh, Richard Dreyfus who is caught in the future. He's just abandoning his family to yeah. go to the next level of the thing. Yeah. And he becomes our hero. And I, I'm pretty sure Spielberg has said, like that we kind of heroize him wrongly because he doesn't live in the present. Right. Now, everybody who's a film nerd knows that like Spielberg and his father it was a tenuous yes. uh yes. tense relationship. Yes. And uh you know, he was a family of divorce and all that yeah. and I think that was what he was dealing with there. Yeah. But I love to think of Minority Report in in that sense, sort of just a, a, a fixing of that idea a response to of that. like, yes, he's got to move forward into the future, but really he's got to just worry about the now. Yeah. Yeah. And like, he didn't do that. The now is take care of your family. Cause they're, you're making them crazy. Yeah. With your mashed potato games. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah.
2: Well, and there's the, uh, the, the, you know, it's, this movie is basically about John Anderson being thrust into the present. Mm-hmm. Um, But there's that specifically that sequence in the mall where he literally is, I mean, it's like hard to, because of the nature of this, it's like a little hard to talk about and explain, but it's like, you know, uh, this was all predicted, right? A precog, like, predicted all of this would happen. Mm -hmm. So he's now walking through something that he hasn't already done, but, like, somebody has been like, yeah, you've already done all of this, right? Mm -hmm. And he has that person that has predicted he's already done these things with him, Mm -hmm. and he's walking through them all. And rather than making his own choices about where to go in the mall and where to move, she's just telling him, now you go left. Yeah. Now you go right. Stand still. Stay still right now. Yeah. And he's, like, literally living directly in the moment Mm -hmm. of just, like, literally right now, we do exactly this. No other reason. No other. This is just, this is what we're doing right now. This is what we're doing to get to the situation.
0: Yep. Yep. And, uh... When he's uh, like when he's going through the the uh like the detective work yes probably my favorite parts of the movie as they're zooming in on stuff and they're screaming with his little two finger
2: gloves and I, lights on them yes. and all that I love super imagining super cool. those sequences without any of the effects where yeah it's just, just Tom, Tom Cruise, Cruise doing it. weird hand moments well a lot of movements. people don't know this he actually just projected those effects
0: <laughs> using his laser eyes yeah his thetans yeah he's his thetans he just yeah. puts yeah. them out there yeah. they do it he's yeah. got patronuses yeah. patroni I don't know what the CGI are based on thetan technology that came yes. from Tom Cruise that yeah we extract his blood and build build CGI. Yeah. That's why uh, CGI in the early 90s didn't look as good. That's right. It's because his vitamin levels were yeah, lower. Exactly. They were, we were still draining super him. low. We didn't yeah. realize that we had to feed him You know, more vitamin D. We yeah. had to get... No. Okay. Yeah. They don't believe in that stuff. <laughs> um, I've totally lost... <laughs> <Trinitho>. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, it's all good. It was worth it. Uh, we were talking about... Uh, oh, yeah. When he's, when he's doing the detective work, yes. what I love is that's when he is he's kind of being in the present because that's his, but he is living in the future. He's quite literally looking at the future to the point when Colin Farrell comes in, he's like, you know, Hey, Hey buddy, uh, we got to talk about your job. He's just like, not now. Yeah. You know, he's got to. I don't want now. Not, not now. Yeah. Yeah. Never now. Never now. Like I have to do this, get out. Yeah. And yeah, so that's, that's his big arc because the one thing that I was very surprised this time around is I didn't much like Tom Cruise at the beginning. Oh yeah. Um, in my mind, he was the hero. Though right. you feel bad for him, and you do. Yep. But I didn't like him. He seemed like he was kind of a dickhead. Yep. He was definitely, fight, you know, facing yeah. addiction
2: problems, the personality yep. issues that come with that. He's also like the uh, the 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 not goody two shoes, but like the the teacher's pet, mm-hmm. which is like never usually well, he's a likable really, character. Really,
0: really obsessed to a fault with the with yeah. having faith in the precog system yep. because because he suffered a lot. Yes. Yeah. And we find out later when um Max von Sidow says you know. I knew that was in you, but and I, I kind of used it too. Yeah, you know, like, yeah, I, I used it against you a little bit. I, well, I just, I knew or it would I be used it a I used it to push the more. program. Yeah, yep, yeah, yeah, to push the, yeah. the precog program. Yeah, because that's that's another interesting thing that they cover is just there's a lot of digital red tape. We'll call it that has to be broken before you can actually arrest somebody, and yeah. they've streamlined it. Yes, they've streamlined yep. it, to, and. We see that so often now with like uh, mandatory minimum sentences yep. and things like that, where it's just like, "How about we do it this way? You you even think about doing this? This is what you get. The yeah, end. Yeah, and yep. it's done with the intentions of you know cleaning things up, and it ends yeah. up just being the root of of a of like a, a virus in the system. Yes, and uh, yeah, that. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh, i'm i'm exhausted and a little impaired
2: no i know i'm in the same boat i i just uh well okay so some other things that i do want to talk about with this movie cuz i the thematics of it are that's usually what interests you and I yeah, most with these absolutely. things. Absolutely, and uh, this one has thematics so, and time travel. Dude, uh, it's crazy, and and like uh, you know, there there are that these, time travel, but yeah, you know. there are these like weird references to faith versus science. They call the place that they keep the precogs the temple, mm. and Tom Cruise has faith in this system, mm-hmm. but the system is man-made, and men make mistakes, which is what Colin Farrell. A man of faith, literally a guy who trained to be a priest and then became a cop, mm-hmm. believes in you know, yeah. like he believes in actual higher powers and that humans are flawed and will be the flaw in the system. And so, if the system is man-made and Tom Cruise has faith in the man-made system, there's probably a problem with that system. Well, and his whole problem is he thinks he made a mistake. Yep. And unfortunately, he didn't make a
0: mistake in losing his son. That. It's he did nothing wrong, that's right. But you can't go without that making a mistake, yep. and so he's trying to fix that mistake yep. by overcompensating and, yep. and having faith in this system. I loved the line where Colin Farrell was like, Uh, uh the doctor was like, eh, It helps if you don't think about them as as human, yes. And uh, Colin Farrell says something like, Oh, they're more than human, yeah, yeah. And like you can tell he sort of has a like their people do worship them as gods in some type yeah. of way. Um, they showed who was it that immediately drew? Oh, the. Dropped to his knees right before the uh, the precog.
2: Oh, oh, who was that? What character was that? That was so way, interesting. Somebody dropped yeah. to their
0: knees where it was just, shit, you're actually legitimately a deity. Yeah. And what I love about that is that even Colin Farrell's faith is then checked because what is a minority report? It is a dissent in the deity's all-knowingness. Yes. And what that is, what the title of the movie is, is the one dissenting mind that sometimes happens where a precog goes, where two of them say this is going to happen, and one of them goes, I see it different. Yep. And it, it, it's not a murder. Yeah, uh, No one gets killed here. Yep. And uh, we learn that just... We get rid of those dissenting opinions and just shut them out because it's much cleaner to just mow over the yeah, opposition. People to have it, to believe which is, that the system that, works. Now that I'm saying that, that's even pressure too. The way that we argue with one another is never about exchange of ideas for truth. It's about shut up the thing I disagree with and let's gather everyone who agrees with me and mow it down. Which, not functionless, not awful,
2: but right. not as productive as it could be. Right. That there was that line you and I remarked on that I I can't remember exactly now, but it, it basically gets at that idea, which is just like, look, people need a system they can believe in. Mm-hmm. If, if people knew that the system wasn't exactly what it was, couldn't always do exactly what it's supposed to do, they'd be afraid of it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, look at the world we're fucking living in right now. Oh, we even talk about
0: that now. Like, what's the argument with the death penalty? Yeah. You know, the... People say, "Well, whatever. If they're if they're gonna be in jail for the rest of their life, kill them." It's just a drain on resources. An and then other people go, "Yo, but we've killed a lot of people who we found out didn't do it." Yeah. And like that, that might be my biggest fear that I'm just walking down the street, and the cops pick me up, and it yep. all just looks too good, and I yep. get the death penalty. Yep. And I was just, I I have nothing to do with it. Yeah. That's horrifying. Yeah. But there is that line again of just like, what is the what is the deterrent? What is the punishment? What is the punitive level? And where is the you know the when does the potential for rehab disappear? Yeah. It's, yeah. And so, ugh. there's really a lot going on in this there's movie. There's, like, so going much going on in this. It's breaking my it's, heart. It's, I know. And like,
2: out. it was, like, I was excited to rewatch this because, again, in my memory, it's, like, this fun, cool sci-fi oh, yeah. movie pew, pew. Spielberg made. And that's in there. There's a whole fucking jetpack fight. And it's Which we're gonna talk awesome. About. yeah, But, but like... This crushed me a little bit, yeah, you know? It was upset, like,
0: Especially after Ready, Ready Player One. Which, which is, is just joy. It's so much fun. Yeah. And even like the... If anything, it could have used a little bit more could of have used the a little more of future. Because yeah. I didn't get much of a sense yeah. of that. Yep. And so, yeah, that's... It's wild to see him kind of go all in. But... Yeah. Uh, and I think that's one of the things we talked about uh, when we did our War of the Worlds episodes. And one of the things that I think is so cool about War of the Worlds is that is... The biggest chief complaint is that kid went running into war. Yeah. War of the worlds. Yeah. And then he comes back later and he just happens to be there totally okay. Yeah. I don't buy it. I don't it's buy like, it. Dude. But you bought the aliens coming out of the streets. Okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all right. Whatever. Okay. All right. But still, like that was the reason that rubbed us the wrong way was because this was sort of a cynical period. We yeah. were in mourning yeah. over 9-11. Everything was cynical. We always talk about how it affects the horror movies. Oh, yeah. Everything got really into... You it know, was all just, the strangers. Yeah, it was all the strangers just down-ending, yep. big shocks, and and yep. just down, down, down. And and you know it's it's all super cynical. War of the Worlds had the audacity to be a little bit hopeful about yes. it, but it feels weird, it feels false, because that's not the reality that's that we were living That's what in. we were living in at the and time. And so yeah. Minority Report speaks to a moment where... This is 2002 so it yep. stands to reason this is in production We're as right that happened. there. Yeah. Uh, you close enough to it that yeah. it just it, there's no way that can't affect all of that. Yeah. And we got a little more self-destructive. We got a little bit more down. We got a little bit more introspective. We got a lot of things out of it. It's yeah. it is what it is. Yeah. But Minority Report speaks to that, at least in terms of we have this beloved filmmaker who makes these joyous, adventurous movies that gave us something that was hopeful, but is just, it's, like, cruel at points. Oh, yeah. It's, like... It hurt me. It fucked me up a little bit. It really points. did. It's, yeah, it's painful
2: and it's gruesome as show. It's gruesome as shit. We're Dude. gonna talk about how gruesome it is. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. With the Peter Stormare sequence in particular, you I think is gross. What
0: we're talking about, what we're talking about. What I like about the Peter Stormare sequence yeah. is he's talking shit on him, like you put me away yep. for something so stupid, and this is my revenge. And he ultimately does a the job expected of him the thing that he's supposed to the do the thing that he's supposed to do and he does it at the exact level of quality he was supposed to do it yeah so like even he had like a stick it to the system kind of thing yeah uh, i love that it's almost because he, uh, he has that one line oh i pointed it out too um it was a line that peter stormer says when he's about to put him out to do his eye thing yeah that just basically says to him like right now we're no different yeah you're yeah. a criminal coming to a criminal
2: oh uh, uh, he hands him some of the drugs that we already know Tom Cruise is doing. Oh, yeah. he said, here's and a treat he for you. Here's a treat for you. I got it from our mutual friend. Yes, our mutual like, something friend. Something to that extent. It was just
0: saying, like, you think you're better than me. You're yeah. just as fucked up. You're just on the yeah. you know the, the winning team. Yeah, exactly. And plops that in there. Yeah. And But in that moment, he gains honor amongst thieves. Yep. But I also, I would hope to think that Stormare's character was just like, I was a victim of precog. This guy is too, and he can do something about it. Yeah. So, you know... Maybe this is for if we the can best. Change his mind yeah. because he was gung ho
2: all about the precog yeah. thing, which is yeah, you know, that's the whole driving thing. Yes, yeah,
0: it's that's a, a cool scene.
2: It's a really cool scene. I mean, this movie is literally like kind of like wall to wall, just like cool, memorable scenes. And it is very, very most noir. Are. It's weird yeah. on purpose. Yeah, yes, and I
0: really thought it was the clinical sci-fi that that it looks like in mindset right. of them
2: jumping on the the wall cars yep, and that kind yep. of stuff there's very little of that actually. it's way weirder than yeah. i remembered in in good ways you know mm-hmm. like i like as soon as the stormare sequence started i was like oh my god i remember this like i remembered the gross fucking sandwich and the milk and stuff so, like i remembered all that of is that.
0: the worst thing i've ever seen I, it's in so
2: disgusting yeah. it's so gross.
0: So, Tom Cruise is fresh out of eye surgery. He's got like so he's 11 blind. hours and 59 minutes left before he's allowed to remove his bandages um, or else he'll go blind. Yep. So, he can't do it. So, he's got to feel his way around dirty Peter Stormer, snotty, dirty, oh, just gross ass. Every single <laughs> everything thing everything. about that sequence. The is walls gross. in the apartment are wet. It's, it's so, so gross. gross. And he's got new eyes put in, but he can't have his blindfold on. He's effectively and blind. So he knows that there's a jug of milk in the fridge and there's a sandwich milk of all things and i love milk but uh and uh um And a sandwich. Yep. But what he doesn't tell him is that there is also a maggoty rotten sandwich and a bottle of milk that is green and it is not a melted shamrock shake. (laughs) It and so naturally those two. Of course, those are the things that he grabs. Yeah. (laughs) And because he's so hungry and so thirsty, it's like, yes,
2: no. Oh it's (laughs) so disgust. It is so disgusting. disgusting. But I, I love that that you're right. It's like I love that that's like a lot of what Spielberg is like doing in this movie. He, like, wanted to make a noir, like a future noir, and he's, like, really hitting a lot of those beats hard. Mm -hmm. He's going for some of those, like, weird sequences where you're, like, uncomfortable, not because, like, something discomforting is happening, like the, the I'm thinking of the scene in the greenhouse.
0: Well, that's great because she's the femme fatale. Yeah, but
2: she's a woman who's a senior. Yeah, exactly. But she's
0: got she's got like a gardening hat yeah. on, which is the same as the Carmen the same, San Diego yep. hat. Exactly. She's doing that whole thing, yeah. and she's
2: doing that thing where she's talking in riddles, yeah. even though she
0: wants to help him. Well, she's like I'm. I talk to everybody.
2: Yeah. You know, I'll share anyone's secrets with
0: anybody, but yeah. they all like me because yeah. I can, you know.
2: you got to be able to decipher them because mm-hmm. I'm just going to
0: fucking put them out in this weird well, She siphon. is Poison Ivy. I mean, Poison yeah. Ivy is based on the femme fatales, yep. and what that is based in is she kisses you, you get the poison, yep. and then after you get the poison, she's the only person who can, who can cure that poison. Yep. Yep. And it always doubles, like, Poison Ivy's thing doubles as infatuation. Yes, People do dumb things in the name of infatuation. We've all done it. Yeah, And, uh... You know, so to have her literally poison him on the way in, yeah, you know she's tapping into the same
2: thing that poison yep. ivy is in
0: terms of the femme fatale, yeah,
2: but that sequence is like actively weird. It's got these genetically modified plants mm-hmm. that uh, are like attacking Tom yeah, he Cruise. Just, as he He like, down into a yeah. yard, and, and then s- the plants start suddenly eating. The him. plants are <laughs> alive, and they're <laughs> eating him. Uh, and and she literally talks in riddles, mm-hmm. only to eventually reveal that like, no, I'm helping you, and I want to help you. And it's like, why the fuck are you talking in riddles then? Because I help everybody, and I don't want to yeah. get caught. No, it's uh. it, it, yes, but also like because it's a noir. Yeah, like, I'm that's doing what I do. The weird noir thing. That's yep. I'm the weird noir femme fatale Have you seen, character. Uh, brick. Oh yeah, I love Brick. Brian Johnson, that kind of thing that's going on,
0: where it's just she's in her own crazy plant world, but she's
2: doing that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's I love. I mean, you know, it's like because we tend to think of Spielberg as like this classical filmmaker that made the great films. We don't think of him as a guy that has, like, a sense of humor or is, like, a little weird or a little gross, even though he's literally those things all the time in every movie. Always got a sense yeah. of humor. Yep. That's, yeah. That
0: was the other thing, too. Like, this yeah. movie's not without joy. Oh, There's no, There's no, all yeah. of these little Spearbergian moments yeah. of humor. Yep. But I love, too, when she's, uh, when she's talking to him and she's got all those plants that are just, like, caressing her face. Yes. And then he leans in and it just, like, bites him <laughs> in the face. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yep. like, it's... That is exactly what happens in those where, yeah. you know, she'll like, uh, what I picture is instead of her tending to plants, the femme fatale is mixing a drink at the bar. Yep. And then, it, you know, throws him one and he drinks it and like, <sighs> oh, yeah. And then she slams the whole thing, doesn't grimace. And you know, it's like good. It's, yeah. it's a play on that yeah. kind of a thing, but it's just the plant bites. Yep. It. So cool. It's so cool. And it's just, it's great. To and see. it's a good colorful scene in the middle yes. of a movie that's pretty beak. That's bl- pretty beak. Yeah. yeah it's, it's totally
2: big. It's very blue and washed out. Yeah. 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 Um, but, uh, you know, I like that it's like Spielberg almost probably not at his weirdest. I would, I would imagine something like 1943, is that what that's called? 46, 41, 41. 41. 41 yeah. You know, that might be him at his, weird. you know what I mean? It's like, a, it's probably not him at his weirdest, but it's close, it's you close. know, like he's really going for it. And it is, uh, Weird to say, considering how sad we've both described ourselves after having watched this movie, but it's like a joy to watch. Oh, yeah. As it's he's totally like fun. actively being like weird it's and thrilling. As oh, fun. my God. I mean, the, this was kind of
0: Tom Cruise. was. This was seven years out of Mission Impossible. Yeah. So Tom Cruise was like an action star. But this is like, I think, if I remember correctly, sort of the time where it became like his thing. Yes. You know, like, yes, he did some action, but yep. everyone everyone's done some action. Yeah. Um, but like where it became his thing. Yeah. And now it's, you know, well, now we all know.
2: Well, this was like the part of his career where it was like, I'm Tom Cruise and, and post-Mission Impossible, I'm Tom fucking Tom Cruise. Cruise. I can work with who I want to work with. Mm-hmm. I've always wanted to work with Spielberg. Let's make a couple of those. I feel I've like too this yeah. might have
0: been when he was... I forget when he had his crazy, weird meltdown. Yeah, where his he was couch like moment. Weird on Oprah. Yeah. He had that strange video where he was like speaking out against prescription medication yes. for mental illnesses Something and stuff. Like it was that, yeah. like really irresponsible. Like, it's not good shit. So stupid stuff. Just yeah, yeah just really bad stuff. Yeah. And he's, uh, we love him now. Oh yeah. And I, I forget whether this was. I think this might have been part of the you know rebuilding. We love him.
2: Yeah, it could have been. Yeah, I, I truly don't remember yeah. exactly when that stuff fell in the timeline.
0: He was that good at burying yeah. it. <laughs> I, well, that's you know, so and I
2: also have the privilege of being just young enough to not fully understand why we thought yeah, he was crazy. That's true. You know, um, uh, and for the most part, I'm able to just go like, well, I just I love him as an actor. Yeah. who cares? You, you know, like yeah. I, he's. An irresponsible weirdo in real life, but uh, he has I, to be. I, yeah, I, 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 I like him be. as an actor. That's my friend Ryan Carey said something
0: when I mentioned that Beck was a Scientologist, yeah. and he was like, Well, yeah, wouldn't why wouldn't he be? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was yeah. like, that's actually the best, yeah, that's probably the best. That yeah. explains Beck,
2: yeah, and that explains Tom Cruise. Yeah, it's yep. He, I mean. I, I like him as an actor. I, he's yeah. an irresponsible weirdo in real life, and that's just sad, but I, I like his and movies. And I like him as an actor. Super nice. Uh, apparently, like <laughs> the best. But just fucking crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, you know, it's. Uh, I'll take it. It's fine. Yeah, I don't, you know, I'm in. I, I, he's a great actor, and I like the movies he makes. That's, you know. Um, but uh, that aside. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I, that was a little weird thing. Yeah, but that's all right. I mean, we're whoop. looking too far into the past, man. Yeah, exactly. We live in the present. But that's okay, though. It's you know, uh, that's one of those things where it's like, hey, maybe it's good. There's a Tom Cruise in the world because it does force us to <laughs> consider yeah, those true. kinds of things. <laughs> that's you know, true. Um, oh, uh, what a spin. You it, shined that. Yeah, well, nice. you know, no, but uh, you're, it's, you're it, not yeah, wrong. It, yeah. Uh, But uh, so uh, I want to dive into like a couple other like specific things about this movie just because like I want to talk about that jetpack sequence. Oh, yeah. I really want to talk about, about that. It. So there's like so many interesting things. So like one of the things I think it's the same. Oh, it's a spider sequence. The spider sequence has that crazy like overhead shot of like a big set. Oh, yeah. Where yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's just it's like Hitchcockian. It's like panning over all of this geography uh, and it's, it's a little unclear to me. I would imagine there's some early digital stitching there maybe between some we things. We see it again in Ready
0: Player One yep. when he's climbing down
2: yes. from the stacks yep. at the beginning and there's a little
0: bit of show, don't tell, yep. where as it's scanning, it's showing the myriad things that someone can do with an Oasis headset. Yes. And this one was... These robots are coming in. They're little spider robots. Yep. Very. Uh, their design is reused in War, in of, the Worlds, War of the Worlds much yep. later. Yep. And they crawl into your house and scan your eyes to make sure you're not whoever the cops are looking yep. for. And the cops announce to this tenement building, Hey, we're coming in, we're, we're looking. We're coming in, we're looking, just relent to it. And yep. so the camera moves over this set piece that just shows all of the situations that something like this could interrupt. Yeah. And it speaks to the idea sex, that domestic like... domestic abuse, like, you know, dom- so yeah, many different... Yep. They, they stop having sex to look at it. Yeah. These two people stop fighting to get their eyes scanned and then immediately, immediately go back start into fighting. fighting. Spielberg. Um, and, and it's just everything you can think of they cover and all it's a fun thing it's yeah. showing off some cool filmmaking tech yep. but it speaks to the idea of just like yeah this is a murder free world but it is not one without oppression and, and right. violence you that's know right. like, that's yep. really cool yeah, it's but it's a fun
2: sequence it's yeah. funny yeah it's oh it's so good uh but i do so the jetpacks the thing that i fucking love about the jetpack well one i love that the jetpack sequence is immediately followed by the the car plant thing yes That we go from one big set piece immediately to another big set piece that's so cool uh and both are like such distinct great set pieces you know Um, but i love the jetpack sequence because i truly and i don't know if it was the way we were watching it that it looked like this to me that like a lot of that looked practical a lot of thinking
0: of it as like a Super digital, just right, re- and like really like streamlined jetpacks. Yes. It very much wasn't that. No, they were like clunky this and, looks like and guys on wires They were being dudes on wires. Around. Yeah. I do not remember it like that at all. At all, that's probably the biggest pleasure
2: of the movie yeah. was finding out that it was like that. Yes, exactly. I mean, like that sequence was like I was like, oh my god, this is like old school action movie making. Like we will just figure out how to make it look like men are fucking flying around on jetpacks in this it. alleyway. We're gonna flip the truck. Yeah. It's, I love that. And I'm sure that, you know, Definitely, there's some digital work on the on the, the the rockets, on the packs and stuff. And I'm sure there's oh, it's cleaned up. I'm sure, there's stuff, a little yeah. bit of you know digital trickery there. But oh, when they
0: come up through the tube yeah, with the uh, fire, uh, that's uh, digital, yeah, of yeah, course, absolutely. But there's so much of it that you the can way tell it's just guys on wires, is based on guys on wires. Yep. But the design of the jetpack speaks to that. Yes, because they're shoulder mounted, right and left, so they're going to be wobbly and all. But that. But they've literally got like this they weird little... trigger thing they got to yep. hold. That yeah. oh, that's the best part of any jetpack. Yep. Every jetpack is thumb operated. Yeah, 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 and they. Ant Man suit, They're yes, exactly. Yeah, yep. yeah. That's a rocketeer. Everything yep. has that. That's how it's done. Yep. There's no other way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yep. No well, there's no way to rig your feet because they'll just light on fire. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But this fixes the feet on fire problem by making it shoulder mounted. Yep. And uh, but it it and just the physics of it, they move the way that ever see those guys that have the water jetpacks. Yes. They move like that. Yep. But This is a cityscape, so we can't film it with a water jetpack. Yep. So it's just yeah, it's dudes on just wires. Dudes on wires, and it it almost looks. I don't want to say it almost looks silly, but this movie does have a dated look in it. And but it, it embraces a little bit of cheese because yeah. I think part of noir There's I definitely think cheese what, on this movie. Uh, Brick really yep. uh, leans into is the idea that like it doesn't matter if it sounds cheesy, it's good. Yeah, you know, it's like, a little heavy handed, but it's like it. That's but it's, the point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're you know uh, someone asked George R. R. Martin, "Why do you describe food so much?" He said, "Well, what are you, what are you reading to finish it? Yeah, yeah, you're, yeah. You're reading to enjoy the fiction. You yeah, know, taste the food with me. You know? Yeah." And, you know, it's that kind of a thing. But uh, even though it has that, like, dated look, just the wire work, it, it looks, I don't want to say it looks bad, because it doesn't look bad. I know what you mean. It looks It looks cheesy and off. And it adds to that sort of charm of a noir, yeah. Where you can tell they're smashing with fake bottles, or yeah, someone yeah. goes "oh" and dies, but yeah. you know there's not a squib or anything yeah. like that. It has a little bit of like an almost perp- like purposeful falsity to it, yeah, because it needs to have that to be
2: yeah. noir. Well, and like in a weird way, because it's like a little bit clunky, right? Because mm. it is just dudes on wires, so it's got a little bit of that. Like this looks a little like weird. That made me believe those men could fly on jetpacks. Yes, you know what I mean. Because I don't believe a man with a jetpack fall. Yeah, if
0: they were digital, I wouldn't
2: feel like they could fall and get hurt. But like because it's a wire, it's like he could fall and die. Right. I don't believe a man with a jetpack could move like Star Lord. No, not at all. You know what I mean? Like I don't. Maybe in space. Right. I do believe a man with a jetpack could very clumsily make his way around an alleyway, though. That's true. You know what I mean? And it's very clumsy. Yeah. But I, I like too about that
0: is when he like leaps and grabs a guy. There's a dip. Yes. Where yep. whoosh, you know yep. they, when they embrace. Yeah. You know, the like, weight actually like is affecting feels, it. Yeah. Because if you feel like when Starler's flying around, I know that he can't fall because I know I'm not actually looking at anything real. I'm right. just looking at what someone very craftily painted and made look real. Yeah. But like this is like, yeah, I'm watching a stuntman, so like he could fall. Yep. And so when Tom Cruise is trying to set off the pack as they're falling as they're towards falling. the dumpster, yep. it feels like someone I'm falling. Watching a couple of guys sort falling. Sort of it sort it of is. Probably
2: to some extent it is. It's yep. a little bit is. Yeah. It's oh man. I love that sequence. Yeah, that is so it's cool. So
0: cool. That's the one thing I remembered about it. Yep. I remember that and I remember like checking out yeah
2: i barely remembered colin farrell was even in it yeah by the remember. way remember it's really good in this He's movie really i remember good hating movie. him in it because i was the right age to be like who's this new hot young guy yep. why are they always trying to pass off these hot young guys to me i'm supposed to be a hot young guy i'm 13 yeah, yeah you know exactly. like like whatever i was doing i had know? the exact same yeah. thing like when the recruit
0: came out i still haven't even seen it it <laughs> might be great i was like really they got this cloud working with Pacino. <laughs> <laughs> And, like, little did I know, Pacino's kind of the clown. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Uh, Colin Farrell I really like awesome. Colin Farrell in this movie. Yeah, he's, he's great he's in this. really good in it. He gets, because he plays, this is actually where I started to think about, because a lot of anime is noir-inspired. Yeah. I got to think about the the character of, like, the cool guy in the suit that has the round sunglasses. Yes. He sort of plays that totally. anime trope that mixes with, I don't want to say trope, just that anime uh, component yeah. that... that is sort of uh, uh, adjacent to to our noir sensibilities. And so I love that he played that, but um, he was the guy that was about faith and all that. But what got me was I thought the whole time that he was the guy behind the setup. Right. And that he was doing it In the name of trying to poke a hole in the, you know, basically these people trying to play God. Yes. Trying to poke a hole in that. And then I find out he's like pretty much just on the same page as everybody. He's just a dude doing his job to regulate it. But he's very curious about the tech. He's Uh very interested in it. And when he starts climbing up so high, he's so clueless to the fact that he's literally telling the villain, I think there's something like the the top of the chain. He's saying, I think there's something. Higher he, gets up here. he gets too close. He gets too close. Yeah. Gets his head blown off in the best shot of the whole movie. Yep. Um, yeah, it's I forgot he died. But yeah, I, I love that aspect of it. Like yep. he is very much into that. Yep. And he plays it. He's cocky. Yeah. He's kind of funny. He's a dick to uh, the, the one woman says something to him. What does he say?
2: Oh, the lady comes in and says something, and he just like burns her real quick. Oh, she says like uh, she says you can't sit at John's desk. And he goes, "Well, John doesn't work here anymore." And she oh, goes, yeah, "But yeah. he's coming back." And he goes, "I don't think so. I don't think he's coming yeah. back." And she just, "Okay, <laughs> shit. Yeah. Okay, yeah. meet the new boss, who's yeah. the old boss." Uh, yeah, he's really good in this. I think. <laughs> and and by the way, like I remembered, um, a lot of those twists and turns that were gonna come, like that he wasn't gonna survive the movie, and that Max von Sydow was gonna be revealed to See, be. I the, forgot that he was gonna die. Well, and that's... I knew that the whole thing with...
0: I, I knew generally what was happening to Tom Cruise.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, but what I was going to say is, like, I remember in the theater being very surprised by those twists and turns. Mm-hmm. And even though I knew they were coming this time, I still felt like the movie was, like, very craftily set up to make me believe... Oh, absolutely. ...that, like, Sidal was just, like, this innocent old guy that is, like, a great mentor to Tom Cruise, and that uh, Colin Farrell is the ultimate villain of this movie that's, like, orchestrating everything in the background. Which... Obviously, um, yeah, all so of those things is, are not true.
0: And, and and like almost of course it isn't. Of yeah, course right, it's yeah. the old guy at the top. Of course you it know, is. Like, it's a noir movie. Like it's we it's should also, have been able to predict all this. In these real things. life, isn't it always the old guy yes, at the top? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty yep, much is that yep, now.
2: Yep. Yeah.
0: Have you met our old guy at the top? Oh boy. He's the worst. He's, the worst. <laughs> he's a piece of shit. Yeah,
2: he is literally the worst.
0: But he's our old guy at the top, so
2: we just gotta stand here and wave this fucking flag. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, what else? Were we, oh, uh, I really but it, so, so to keep going on that though, I like the car sequence that it gets to after the jetpack sequence where we mm-hmm. get to the car factory, which the cars are futuristically designed to be old timey yep.
0: 1930s vehicles, it's, but they're yeah. future cars still. He's doing, I mean, cool.
2: you pointed out that like there's that scene where Tom Cruise is on the subway and everybody's reading newspapers, mm-hmm. and it's like we already don't read newspapers yeah, anymore, we have phones, but if we're making a noir, like the, the reading the newspaper headlines is very important to that, very important. So, let's imagine what. If newspapers were to persist, what do they look like in the future? Digital newspapers yeah, don't. Cool. It's yeah, it, that's it's that's cool. It's a great it has idea. to be that yeah. way. And it's, he does that with the cars too. The luxury mm-hmm. cars are like these nineteen thirties looking cars that are but are still future cars, you know? Mm-hmm. Um but I, I love what I love about the the car factory sequence is specifically that that's what it turns out to be. It's a car factory. Mm-hmm. But we don't know that when we get there. We're it's such in, a great Deus Ex car. So yeah, yeah, totally. But I like that we don't know that when we get there. We're we're yeah. already, we've been thrust into this future world where we keep getting we literally, like every scene, get introduced to new technology and new things that we don't understand. And he brings us into this factory, which is classic fight scene setting, right? the factory where there's sparks sparks everywhere chains classic fight scene setting is the factory. he does do
0: a fist fight where they're on a surface he swings off of the surface on a chain and swings back in to kick Colin Farrell with a double kick to the chest yep classic move would never work because it's about eight seconds that gives me eight whole seconds to figure out how to defeat you to
2: step out of the path of your pendulum yeah which is impossible to alter yeah yeah Anywho, but what I love about that sequence is like basically over the course, without ever having anyone have to exposit any information over the course of an action sequence, we discover a whole new part of this future technology. Like he explains to us, oh, this is where we are. This is all this new future tech. This is how it works. This is how we build the cars here. This is what, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I-, I love the idea that he like literally explains a whole, it's world building. Yeah. As In an action. action sequence, as yeah. action, you know? and that's
0: that's throughout this whole movie. Yeah. Well, you pointed one out at the beginning. Um, yeah. Whatever. But yeah, what was it that I pointed out? You pointed I, out I, something, I but remember. no, just yeah. about how like this is an action sequence that is telling a story. Yes. Yeah. And then we learn,
2: you know, maybe it, it was that one. And we're just it probably yeah. was, but yeah, it's it's exactly that. It's like this is how it's teaching us about a, the world. Through action, as opposed to through talking. Show, don't tell. And then, and that is a Rube Goldfarb machine. That is the rule of them, mm-hmm.
0: is that the function is always something stupid, yes. like the egg drops into the pan. Yep. Because it's a machine that you don't need to get that right. egg into the pan. But the story the is story we tell. how the action connects yeah. to do that. And so that it ends up creating this whole function. And how exciting it is to it's watch so that
2: happen even if the result is just an over easy. Well, and
0: it's just, he gets a car to leave in.
2: Yeah. That's the, that's the out of this yeah. huge, that's his sunny side other. up egg. He and just, you get
0: that moment where the oh, car is being
2: shipped out onto the street and he so sits up good. just like,
0: huh, well, I guess that worked out for my shit.
2: By the way, the best moment of that is like, he gets up and we get that great shot of just close him and Colin Farrell, just looking yeah. at each other. Oh, like so good. I defeated you. Colin Farrell being like, yeah, I know. But then Colin Farrell does a straight up 1950 street bully just puts his fist in his hand That's to true. let him know, like, I'm coming after yeah. you, Anderton. Oughta- yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's so good.
0: He's going to deliver a knuckle sandwich yep. any way that he can. So he, He's going to clock him. He literally <laughs> promises
2: him that. Yeah, Knuckle sandwich for you, Anderton. I'm going to clock you, in. Yeah. Anderton. Yeah. But I, you, you know, know that what? That by fits. the way, that name makes, makes way more sense now that we're using yeah. the cheesy, old-timey noir accent. It's exactly. Anderton, yeah. I'm coming for you. Anderton. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, what
0: was Colin Farrell's name?
2: great question
0: it was i have it open not it important was, is the um, answer i hate how the imdb app if you leave it closed for too long doesn't pick up where you yeah it's like up. nah
2: dude we know you want to look up a whole other movie now you've had a th- whole three minute conversation you must already be onto a new topic oh, he was danny Whitworth. oh someone D- called yes. him danny boy danny boy i'm pretty sure that is an insult that tom cruise uses on him within oh, yeah. 10 minutes of meeting him
0: danny boy
2: yeah uh. I, uh, I tried
0: to pay attention at the beginning to the music, yes, and then I lost track of the music entirely. Yes, so I don't know what I have to say about the score because at first I was like, I really like this, and now I it just feels it's, like it might have just
2: been not it's filler, but it's super just, John Williamsy. That's probably yeah. why it feels forgettable because like, I, I wonder I, who did it. I it's John Williams. Is it John Williams. Yeah. Okay. And and I I didn't even I I literally I had the same experience you did in reverse. I didn't pay attention to the music at all through the movie. It, like, was it just wasn't doing anything for me or whatever? I just like didn't even know it was happening until a scene like very close to the end, where during an action moment, there was like a a classic Spielberg camera move of like swoop the camera up to a close up oh, yeah, of someone's yeah. face, and then a classic John Williams as yeah, yeah, we like yeah. get to the guy's face. Can you know, that noise one more time. <laughs> John Williams. Like John Williams. That's <laughs> how you describe him perfectly. Uh, that's, it was. It was that, and I was like, oh, right, this is John. This is Steven Spielberg. John Williams. You know, John Williams is. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Uh, Hans Zimmer is
0: just. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then Danny Elfman is just. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
2: it's just that exactly, exactly. <laughs> but it, so it's it, that's probably why it's forgettable. It's not that it's forgettable. It's it is. Just John Lee, It's core yeah, John it's Williams. It's
0: just, yeah. And they're, they're symbiotic. Yeah. And so it just, yep. I guess it probably did work in certain moments of like majesty or whatever. So, but I, I just don't remember it. I yeah. remember at one point when he first logged onto his fingertip computer. Yeah. He like logged onto that and there was like a weird, like, it was like a, instead of the, blah, it was yeah. like, because yeah. it was digital. Yep. And I remember thinking, oh, yeah, I guess this would kind of have like a techie score. Yep. And then I just don't think I ever
2: caught it beyond that. I, 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 I kind of lost it. It mixes and mashes between like the classical John Williams stuff and that mm. more like digital stuff because now it's like that you a,
0: say it i feel like i can in hindsight hear moments but i, yeah. I just can't be sure
2: it i it i think it's the thing it's probably where, not bad i certainly it, wouldn't say it, that it, it it, it is you know what it is it's a modern john williams score right mm. in the sense that the classic john williams score has the memorable melody well the themes yeah that because we, there's exactly, a character yeah. yeah this does not have that mm. but it, it's very john Williamsy. it's got all those you know it's a, it's mm. got the john williams moments Peppered throughout it, but it doesn't. But have the yeah, theme. it's just it's just. There so to you work. don't you can't hum it. You can't you know yeah yeah
0: yeah. Eh, oh, how great was that in Ready Player One? Ugh. There's a scene where they called uh, Zemeckis and uh, Back to the Future to attention. Yes, and you just get the real quick like, and then yep. the twinkly music. Yes, just yep. for like it's just like a second. six seconds. Yep.
2: Yeah, that's enough to just and make you just. I don't go know crazy. if you noticed, but like during quite a few different references. They brought in the themes oh, yeah. to the things they were it referencing. Like, it was like Justice League. Yeah, they, yep. Remember in Justice it was League actually. when they referenced
0: Batman? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and yeah, it was, uh, yeah. it was uh, the Batman music. And then yeah. when they referenced Superman,
2: they used the John Williams music. Indeed. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yep. Uh, I got to say, I'm kind of like Empty Tank on this movie at this point. But what else What you else you got? You got any, any other things wanna... that you're...
0: It, it's fascinating because this feels like a recent movie to me. I know, it does to me too, it's but it's now 15? 16 years old. Yeah, yep. And so Tom Cruise is in his thirties in this yep. and he looks so young and it's yep. funny because I don't think he ever ages right his Thetan levels are so high yeah yeah. and so he just yeah he seems to be ageless but when you see something like this you know we do realize it's that like, n- like, oh, none yeah, of us are aging. beyond the yeah. grasp of father time but yeah it's it's really incredible to just think that this guy who could have just been a John Cusack yeah and that no love lost to no, John Cusack. I, I know like, what you're saying John Cusack's not tied to the side of a plane. He's He's own John Cusack things, but John Cusack is not Tom Cruise. He came from the same era, you know, and he was doing uh, a very similar uh, trajectory and and stuff like that. And just who would have thought that he would be like the most enduring action hero outside of Schwarzenegger? One of the last
2: actual movie stars. Yeah, you know, he's well. We got the Rock. Yeah, 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 we got the rock, baby. There's, yeah, that I mean, they they still exist, but they're becoming few and far between. And Tom Cruise is still one of them, which mm. is crazy. We just talk real quick about yeah. uh, what's her name Samantha Morton.
0: Oh, as the uh, precog. Yep, um, she's not given a lot to not do whole lot. by nature of just what that character is yep. supposed to do. But goddamn, you feel Holy horrible fuck for it's is part she machination good. of the script. Yep, but mostly like she really captures this this the the idea that it could be someone who's so shut off from the world, to be completely clueless. Yep. But also, literally knows the future, so is
2: unyieldingly wise. Yep. And that's that's a really weird thing, and that's cool. She is she so good it. in this. I think. Yeah. Uh, and, and you know, I think one of the brilliant things he does is like, literally, the moment you're introduced to the precogs, I was like, oh god, I feel horrible for them. Mm-hmm. Like that's not a life. Yeah. No one yeah. should have to live like that. You know. And, and so and I love
0: they explain it too. They're like, no, their life, they're they're trapped in these thoughts. That so now we just sedate them. It's nice, it's right? Better. Right. It's We're like, trying to help. Them. No, they're actually fine. We find out at the end they're just reading books. And yep. They're cool. You know, yep. they're good to they're,
2: go. Yeah. They're they're capable of figuring this out and 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 learning how to adapt and or live. Something. Yeah. Yep. You gotta do it. It's uh, yeah, I love that Spielberg is so capable of making me just be like, Oh, I, I feel horrible for them immediately, mm-hmm. which makes him breaking her out by the end like feel like very thrilling and cathartic and like, Yeah, she no break her out, like, she deserves to be out of there and then mm-hmm. and, and and discover he have the world. At first, absolutely, and then it becomes it becomes yeah. like a little bit about her just being out. Yes, yep, yeah. And that you know that's one of the kind of like great things that Spielberg is capable of doesn't always do ready player one is actually good evidence of this that he doesn't always do this but like really caring about a lot of different pieces of the thing that he's making and making sure like everything kind of gets a little mm-hmm. bit of it's like just desserts you know like she's not a main character in this movie um, we don't really explore what it means to her to be outside of that containment but he gives it a moment, mm-hmm. and that moment is worth so much. And she you gives know? it a believability.
0: Yeah, you know, it's it's it just feels lived in. Yeah. You know, that's actually one of the things that. Uh, so Pacific Rim Two came out yes. uh, a week or two ago, and so I Uprising. went and checked it out. And you know, it's fine, it's whatever. Yes. But I had watched Pacific Rim One beforehand. Yep. And I, I I loved it a lot more this time. It's still not my favorite thing in the world, but uh, I still had the same complaint, which was. That everything, all the fights were, you know, in the rain at night. One yep. of them was literally at the bottom of the ocean, yep. and then I see Pacific Rim Two. They're all during the daytime. Yeah, right. They and, like but went there's, for it. There's no artistry. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. And there's there's none of that artistry. And so without yeah. that that uh, without that world. And so, like, I, it made me appreciate the first one more because I realized, like, oh, it wasn't just robots fighting because there was a world built into it. Yeah. There was a texture to it. Yeah. And that texture covers the seams. Right. And I think this is what we're doing here, not so much on an effects level, but on a writing level. She's just a textured character. Right. Um, she's not a, a deep character right. or a fully fleshed out one or one with so much of an arc besides I'm trapped and now I'm escaped. Yeah. But there's a texture. There's a world there that paints over those seams. You true, know? Like, as yeah, I saw yeah. in in Pacific Rim. Yeah, it was at night, but that was the world, right? And so it made it look better.
2: And yes. I just didn't know. Yeah.
0: And it's like, yeah, this was just by putting her in, by making, by giving her a world. It doesn't matter that we only spend a collective twenty minutes with her. Yeah.
2: No, that's true. It's um, and they, you know, even like her keeper, whatever that little scientist guy's oh, yeah. name is. He was great. He's a great little character. Uh, Total uh, creep. Uh, uh 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 uh. uh what's his name that works with the Coen Brothers all the time? He plays the organ, playing oh, Tim like Tim Blake Nelson. Tim Blake Nelson. Tim I'm on Team Blake Nelson. Yeah, exactly. Me too. Uh, uh, you know, just these like small little characters that have just enough color and just enough life given to them that like mm-hmm. they feel real. They well, feel part of this they world.
0: Were classic, like noir thing. Oh yes, the fact yeah. that he
2: plays he plays the organ
0: because the people in like. It's not cryo sleep, but yeah, whatever. But prisoners in sleep of and some stasis. Yeah. Stasis is a good word. Yeah, like the organ music. Yeah, I can't imagine that that's true. I think he just likes, especially playing if or, you listen to the organ music he's playing. Melancholy it's melancholy as fuck. Like, like, yeah. rah, rah, rah. But it's very, very Yeah. That there would be this guy who's kind of creepy and weird oh, yeah. who plays that there. Yep. And uh, there's also, in every noir, they go to talk to the morgue guy because yep. they want to look at a body. Yep. And, like, that's what that scientist guy is yep. who is the protector and caretaker of the precogs. Yep. He's the morgue guy. He's creepy because the morgue guy, what's the gag? He, everybody goes, oh, I think he kind of wants to fuck a body. Right, yep. And it's a silly ha-ha gag that's really dark. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so in this one, yeah, the whole time you're going, he really has a thing for these precogs. yep. yep. You know, it's like... You know when you meet people who are like real into horses? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, right. it's like yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's no, that's a good like that's your thing. Okay. Yeah. Weird, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, he's like real. In, so he is that morgue guy that they go see. Yep. Like they're all characterized by these tropes. But, totally. Uh, Spielberg gives the you know and like she could be the the precog could be the damsel in distress yep. and because Spielberg is very very much aware of that. Yeah. Just no, she's not a damsel in distress. Right. She's actually smarter than everybody. She's now a
2: fish out fish out of water. <laughs>
0: but like for real, he yeah. just tweaks that yeah. and makes that work. He like that's he, super
2: cool. He literally like he takes the like the the outline of a thing, right? Where it's like uh, no, noir has a bunch of tropes, and so so if you were to like sketch a noir, it would have this outline, right? And that's that's what a noir is. It fits in this outline, but he just colors it in. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like nice. he he literally just colors the stencil in. He right. uses the stencil and then he colors it in. I and love that, that. That, that. And that's like, and to me, that was like the slight disappointment of Ready player one is it felt like there was a little bit less colored in. I think he just used all the stencils. Exactly. He used so <laughs> many stencils. He forgot to color. it. He in. never had, he didn't have time to color it all. Yeah. In, you know, it was, it was impossible
0: to, yeah. You said it yesterday. Uh, the, the best review of Ready Player One is that it's good, but, you know, Scott Pilgrim did it better. Right, yeah. Yep. Lego Movie did it better. Yeah, yeah, yeah It's yeah. But they all did it great. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's cool. R-
2: yeah, Wreck-It Ralph might have, like, yeah. hit that territory or something. Yeah, you know? that's yeah, actually uh, like right. Yeah. Yeah. So Wreck-It yeah. Ralph did it better. Yeah, right. it's, yeah. Uh, which, by the way, Ready Player One is so fun. Like you it's should so go yeah. see it. It's like such a good time at the movie. You should see it in the theater because yeah. yeah. that's when if you're
0: watching it on your iPad, you'll be like, oh, yeah. I really probably should see this. In yeah, the theater. it's it's such a good time at the movies. I'm gonna move you past it a second time.
2: I I kind of want to see it yeah. on the big screen again, just because like it's one of those movies. I don't know. It's like I'm never gonna get to see that on the big screen again. I should do that now while I can because it's a, a thing to behold. I went out to KOP to see Avatar when they did the re-release, yeah. and
0: not because I because I really don't like. I'm not crazy about that movie. I, I'm not even into that design. Yeah. It just doesn't grab me, agreed, me like Star Wars. Agreed, War. But it's a, like, it's a
2: cool ride. It's, it's a whole experience. And I was glad that I spent 20 bucks to yeah. see it a second time. And right? and you you can't recreate that experience at home. You can't. Even you can't with a done. 3D TV. You can't recreate that experience at home. Can't do it. Yeah. Um, Maybe one day. Yeah. Um, I don't know. You got any, like, final resolving thoughts on this? I, to me, I feel like we covered it pretty good, <sighs> we actually. covered everything. And, and I'm ready to list, but, uh, you know. Alexa. I'm just surprised that this was both this feels like very almost much the movie that I thought it was, yeah.
0: but also, like, very much not the movie that Agre- I thought it was. Totally agreed. And it, it just like reminded me of how movies looked after this. Totally. You know, I never thought of this as one of those movies until I was looking at stuff today. I was like, this is really it's one of kind of one of those movies. You know, this is... Everything looks like Tron, but Tron actually looks a little like this. You know? Right, like yeah. It's, yeah. And this looks a little like The Matrix. Yeah, yeah. it does. The World it, of the Worlds looks a little like this, yep. and Ready yep. Player One looks yep. a little like everything. Yeah, yeah so,
2: yes. <laughs> you know. Intentionally yeah. so, I think. Uh, I, I, uh, it's surprising to me that this movie both feels like, to me, um, one of these still pretty well regarded, especially of the modern Spielberg, will call mm-hmm. it, pretty well regarded. I think so. Also forgotten? Yeah, people don't talk about it much. Nobody talks about this movie. Mm-mm. The people that do regard it very well. Uh, 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 but I, it, uh, this doesn't come up. It never enters up. the conversation. As no. some
0: of was, although, when we did the uh, split decision, yes. it was the best Spielberg movie, Catherine said that uh, this was her oh, favorite. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah,
2: that's right. And it, it's, yeah, it's, it's a completely valid pick. It's to- and, and honestly, rewatching, it's like not only is it a valid pick, it's like, hey, it, if this movie is about to be forgotten... It shouldn't be. Watch yeah. it again Actually, right. If you watch it right now, but watch it good, right yeah. now. You yeah. know, like it is very relevant. And and that um, is wild that it was that on the news. It's it was you and I were literally <laughs> over the first half hour. We kept looking at each other to be like, "This is fucked. This is fucked. Up. This is making me feel fucked." And then like you know, it gets into the plot machinations. So for a little while, we were good. And then it fucking amped that up even more. And we were like, no, this is fucked. Like, this is fucked. And it's like, oh, it's okay, jetpacks, jetpacks. But it's still yeah. fucked. Yeah. Yep. Jetpacks. Yeah, yeah.
0: <sighs> Do you have any jet motos? More jet. Oh, packs. this is fucked. You yeah, don't yeah, know, yeah, jet, yeah. jet
2: motos. Uh, You want to do the list? Yeah, let's do the list.
0: We were talking about... uh, So, because because of Ready Player One. Nostalgia properties that are just... And this is a list that probably has taken the the same form or a different form. Numerous times throughout the show. Um, Uh,
2: But this is like, we were thinking about like, okay, so Ready Player One, the idea is... Literally the concept of the movie is like, what are the things that formed you and shaped you as a child? And how do they... How have they continued to shape you and form you as an adult, right? The things we're truly nostalgic for. And uh, so we thought to make a list of just, like, the things that we loved growing up. The things that we feel like are truly, I don't know, the influential markers on us. I, th- I it's a, mine Or that that was my interpretation
0: of what we were talking about. Actually, I'm going to mark them with... Uh, mine is a mix of ones that that I watched a lot. Yes. W- shaped my taste. Yeah. Or, like... If they come on now, I will. I like. I can't not watch. Got to watch it. And I think that's really. It's like
2: the things that fit those three cri- criteria most and best. Yeah. Yep. Same here. And I, I didn't even really put them in an order necessarily, but I've got like a loose idea of like how I how I want to go through it. Um, I, I can start if you want.
0: Um, hang on. let me let me order mine. Is there? Yeah, there's a pen right there. Yeah, because I I have like a couple honorable mentions, but
2: uh, yeah, I, I have some things floating around in my head that maybe I'll, I'll I'll bring up if we get to that, but uh I'll kick it off with the Ninja Turtles, the 1990 live oh, right action on. Ninja Turtles movie. I love that movie. I legitimately think that movie holds up. I think I've talked about it before. That I I continue to rewatch that movie in my adulthood oh, so every once fun. in a while. It's really cool. Those turtles look good. They look that's, amazing. That's like literally the best they've There's ever looked. Literally, sure. guys doing kung fu inside of have to be 100 200 pound rubber suits with animatronic, wearing masks. animatronic yeah. hats on their head it's insane that is insane it's insane and and a separate voice actor Award doing the oh yeah do you know it's like every turtle takes like six people to make it a thing you know to make it a, a performance and they fight yeah and, and like pretty cool and well too it's, yeah, it's pretty decent it, it's I I really like those movies, like I, especially that one because that one Jones is also is like. Awesome. I love Casey, Casey Jones. Casey Jones Is awesome. Uh, Elias Cotes, I think, right? Elias Plays Cotes. Uh, 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 oh, by the way, early performance by our friend Sam Rockwell, Academy as well. Award-winning I'm actor Sorry. Sam Rockwell. Yeah, uh, you want regular or mental? Yeah, I love it. I call it the ex-wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, I that it's also a noir, which I think is like a really smart move for a Ninja Turtle movie. Oh they, yeah, with the trench coats, they turn and it hats. into a detective yeah. noir. Uh, uh, that's also a kung fu movie. I like that movie, but also, I mean, I'm not here to, like, actually defend that movie. It's like, what I, that is, I loved the Ninja Turtles growing up, and because that movie has held up for me, and I still kind of think it's, like, actually kind of a good movie, it's like, I also, I'm pretty sure my mom told me it was the first thing they ever took me to see in theaters. Oh,
0: nice. Mine was Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Oh, that's awesome.
2: Yeah. That is a dope first movie. Joe Johnson,
0: and it, it had a cartoon before it. Tum- that's right. Tummy Trouble. Tummy the, Trouble. Uh, Roger Rabbit I remember cartoon. that, yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I I'm pretty sure this is the first thing. I, it just you know this is like this is like the movie that oh, makes, yeah. that defines like it was a phenomenon. I mean, yeah. huge.
0: Yeah, I it's, remember when my dad took us to see it. It was at the Marlton Eight. Uh huh. I had no like I knew that there was going to be a Turtles movie, but like you know I was a child, so I don't really know yep. what was going on. And we got to the movie theater. And because they had a surprise for us. They didn't want to say anything. And they pulled up and we parked next to this truck. And my dad was like, yeah, you guys are going to get in the back of the truck. And I got this guy. He's going to drive us through the woods. And I was like, yeah. (laughs) And my sister's like, no. (laughs) And they're like, no, we're actually going to go see Ninja Turtles. And I was like, ah! (laughs) <laughs> it was the greatest thing and i remember You're going. Like, i don't know what to be afraid of or happy about <laughs> I was just flipping yeah. and i was like five yeah and i remember going to bed that night and and because i was a little kid and a, a little angel i was doing my night prayers and i prayed to god that i would dream the movie <laughs> Isn't that Dude, insane? that's
2: amazing. <laughs> you also just I wanted to watch it again. <laughs> opened up a whole fucking locked box in my brain of what night prayers are <laughs> and the fact that I ever did them, and I definitely did them like all the time. And like, why was I doing that? And who told me I needed to? And uh. That's what happens. You just unlocked a whole weird, like, part of my childhood. I like literally didn't (laughs) remember until you said the word "night prayers."
0: Did you pray to dream the Ninja Turtles movie? No, I fucking I mean, I (laughs) probably did pray for crazy shit. Don't feel too bad. That's
2: amazing. (laughs) That's so funny.
0: All right. Well, what's we'll go from there. Yeah. Movie that I watched so much as a kid. Yeah. And for some reason, I just know a lot about. So it like fueled my love for movies. Problem Child Oh my god I love Problem Child Who's in Problem Child? Kramer's the bad guy That's right Michael Richards John Ritter's the dad John Ritter My favorite piece of of trivia about it Is that um, John Ritter's real life wife uh, I forget what her name is Okay uh she plays his wife in the first movie. Okay. And at the end of the movie, they split up because she's in a briefcase and gets thrown off a bridge or something. <laughs> she's not dead because she ends up under a pig in the back of like a farm truck and it okay. like poops on her. Yeah. But she's out of the picture. Yeah. And in the sequel, he falls in love with a new woman who is played by the same actress in a wig. What? <laughs> it's the exact same actress. And as a little kid, I couldn't figure it. Yeah. Like yep, I couldn't figure yep. it because like I, I thought maybe it was her. I was like, but I thought they hated each other. Yeah, they don't even really seem to know each other. What's uh, going on, dude?
2: As a kid, I didn't know Janine was the same character in both Ghostbusters. Oh yeah, because they changed. Her you up. know, yeah. like I, it... Amy Yasbeck is her name. Oh, okay, it's this lady. You know her. I probably do. That actually She's sounds from the mask familiar. Mask and yep. wings. Yep. And and Dracula, Dead and Loving uh-huh. and All the Classics. Oh, dude. Uh, well, thank you. You just allowed me to do what, what was going to also be on my list is literally every Mel Brooks movie. Oh yeah. When I oh, was yeah. a kid. So like I so uh, well. I, I whatever when I was a kid I was obsessed with like very like there were a couple of movie things that I was really obsessed with Star Wars being one of them and pretty much second to it was Mel Brooks nice. and I and I don't know why or how, I think it was he's great I think it was because I was obsessed with Star Wars and somebody showed me Spaceballs at a young age and then I was just I like well whoever made Spaceballs I need to like, like obviously what, God what else you know and uh, I I saw like. So I I loved Dracula, Dead and Loving dude, It as a Dude, me kid too. Because I, I loved it. I don't know. Me too. I and I'm curious to go back because I have it's probably fucking I haven't garbage. seen it since I hate then. To say it. Yeah. And everybody talks about how garbage that movie yeah. is. I and loved it. I loved it. It had Steven Weber from Wings, dude. And like you know, <laughs> I how are you ten and you don't love Leslie yeah. Nielsen? You he's know what I mean? So it's good. yeah, he's, he's the best. The best. Uh, uh, so uh, remember his little partner? The uh, yeah,
0: uh, yes, uh, he was I, so funny. He, I think it was was that a. Peter McNichol. Oh uh, yes. 2, yes it was, it was. Him. Yes. Yeah. He's uh, great at playing he's, possessed he's, by the demon. Yes demons. he's great at that. Yeah.
2: I, I loved. So basically me and my my like best friend growing up were huge Star Wars nerds that became big Mel Brooks nerds like together. We would literally just like we saw Spaceballs and we loved it. And then at that time I don't even remember this but definitely at that time uh, uh, um, uh, Robin Hood Men in Tights was just oh, always on TV. That movie is awesome. It's fantastic. That was always on TV. And it was TV. always yeah. on TV. Uh, so we saw that, like, a million times. And then it became, like, we, we like our routine was to just walk down to the video store, yeah. rent four movies, and just watch them, return them, and rent four more movies. You yep. know what I mean? That was, like, what we
0: did on oh, weekends. They did five for five at BNC Video. Yep. That's how I saw the Jasons for the first time. Oh, that's, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. how it was
2: done. Uh, so, like, <laughs> it cost me like ten dollars. Yeah, <laughs> but so it became like the Mel Brooks hunt. Yeah, we became obsessed with Mel Brooks. It became the hunt for all of his movies, which at the time was figuring out what movies did he make. Yeah. like how do we figure that out? And what movies just had Dom DeLuise in them, and it, you couldn't figure it out? Yeah, also like which ones can we get? Yeah, it like first it was trying to figure out which ones he made, and then like where do we get them because your video store might have had four. Yeah, and then we had to go to the video store in the next town. And it's like oh they have one more. Yeah, they, and then, oh they have the producers yeah, 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 exactly. It was you know it was finding cool. all of his movies. I loved Mel Brooks movies like just in general, like He's across the, best. the board, all of them. I I loved them. I wouldn't even try and rank them. I just he was a huge like part of my childhood. I loved watching Mel Brooks movies. I also remember that like Blazing Saddles was one of the first movies I watched with like me and my dad were able to like
0: laugh together at a movie, you know? He, uh, oh, I remember. I remember my dad when he showed me *Blazing Saddles*. He had taped it off TV, yeah, and because I was probably too young for some of the language, yeah. But then when they got to the farting scene, yep. and the TV cut didn't have the farts in it, Whoa. He like lost his mind yeah. and found like he was like, That's "We're watching so the regular funny. version. We're, yeah. we'll, we'll I'll rent it. We'll watch it tomorrow." And yeah, because like the farting scene, you have to have when you're. I was probably like ten. You yeah, know? my
2: parents were generally very discerning about like what they would let me Same. see, and you know. For some reason, that was a movie that my dad and, and honestly, probably because I will eventually show my five-year-old son that movie, not remembering that the n-word gets used a bunch. Oh, yeah. and, you know, it's just one of those movies where you don't think about those. It's really things goofy about otherwise. it. Yeah, it's just deceptively smart. Exactly, yeah. like you don't think about those things about it. You know, yeah. and then they come up and they. So anyway, it was like a movie that my dad showed me without really thinking about like that content stuff. Yeah. And when that farting scene happened, it was the hardest he and I ever laughed together. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it was it's so great. Yeah. Because 10 or 50, it's the funniest thing ever, you know? So, yeah. Problem yeah. child. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. So, and, and so, yeah. Mel Brooks.
0: Yeah. No, but I know. Yeah. Mar- the one thing I will say about problem yes. child is that was my introduction to Kramer. Yeah. That was my introduction to John Ritter. Yep. That was my introduction to, I believe his name is Jack Ward, the grandfather who always plays. Oh, Sir yeah. The grandfather. Yes. I think it was Jack Ward. But it was just—it's one of those movies that I had on, Jack Warden, Warden, okay, and, and Gilbert Gottfried. My introduction. That's right, to him yeah, Gilbert, yeah, that's right, yeah. So you know that was just—it was I had the tape, so yep. it was always on. And that
2: was a very—that uh, was a very rented movie in my yes. childhood for yeah. sure. <laughs> Problem child. Yep. He bought a kid. He was a bad. Yeah. Man. Well, I'm gonna let you do another one because you connected me to my Mel Brooks thing, and that was gonna be on my list. All so right. what's your next one?
0: In the in the same vein. I was watching Ready Player 1.
2: Yes. And Benjamin Franklin Rodriguez
0: from the Sandlot showed up. Yeah, dude. I would have shit my pants. Yep. Um but uh yeah, the Sandlot. The Sandlot.
2: I Chris Cotton actually asked to be on the show to do the Sandlot. I, so we will have I would 100% to do that. Yeah. Do that. Uh, it, that is one of those movies that I can't remember if I actually saw it in the theater or not. Really? I have this weird I didn't see it in the theater, but I saw it a lot. I have this memory that I did see it in the theater. Uh partially because like the I don't I'm sure theaters near I, I'm sure all theaters were doing this at the time. And maybe they still do, I don't know. But like on maybe like Sundays at like noon they'd do like a kids thing where like they'd show like a cartoon and a live action movie yeah, back yeah, yeah. to back for four dollars, you know. Uh, and so my my parents would take me to those like kid afternoons at the movies or whatever from time to time. So like I don't even know if I saw it like when it was out in theaters as much as I saw it. In yeah, it was a like the later late as a movie kid. You
0: know, I remember those the late I, runs.
2: Yeah, like I I seem to remember seeing, but I don't really. That was one of those movies that like suddenly in middle school everyone else was like, yeah, The Sandlot, dude. It's the best movie. Yeah, and I was like, oh yeah, The Sandlot. Yeah, the the best movie we've all seen. The The Sandlot. And then, like we eventually like watched it in a class because a teacher yeah. didn't want to teach one day, and I was like, "That's a good e- movie for that." Yeah, right. The Sandlot. Like then I was like, "Yeah, right." This movie we all you know like oh, I, so, I, for some reason you I know. only really remember it from that like middle school era. Forever, forever. I don't know. Forever. Don't know. Oh, yeah. But yeah. yeah.
0: for, that's usually the the thing. Any anytime I hear forever and someone for, starts like forever, forever. yeah, it's. Old squints.
2: That's I. Mean, I remember the squints. Uh, uh. Uh. Um. You know, pool scene. Oh where yeah. He when he fakes kisses the, the, and he kisses the lifeguard. But then they end up getting married, and then right. they
0: invent mini malls. That's right. Yeah. I. The, but that's a movie that like. There's a lot of. There's a lot of fun filmmaking going on in there that is not just you know for the kids. Um. Dennis Leary's in it. Yeah. Um, Karen Allen is in it. What's the dude's name that plays Babe
2: Ruth in it? He's like in a bunch of stuff. Oh yeah, he's just the guy who plays Babe Ruth in yeah, everything.
0: Yeah. But James Earl Jones is in it. Yep. It's uh yeah, it's just but it's just one of those movies that I always watched. Yep. And it's one of the reasons why I like to watch movies because it was so enjoyable
2: to yeah. me as a kid. So yeah, yeah. say a lot. I, yeah, I did really so like good. that movie. It's just like I have that weird experience of that being one of the movies that like I sort of remember seeing as a kid, but not connecting with it the way mm-hmm. clearly Everyone, Everyone else has. around me did. The, the you little know? fat redhead kid from
0: Every Kid's Movie yep. that was yep. out uh, for a while. The green, the green, the, the big green, green, the big green. That one I actually didn't see. I had like I owned that in one of those clamshell Disney yes. cases. Oh yeah, yep. they all came in the clamshell yep. so that kids
2: could hold them and drop them and the tape would still be safe. <laughs> exactly. That's seriously what that was. Yep. All
0: right, so yeah, Sandlot was mine.
2: I love it. Uh, I will throw a Tim Burton's Batman at you. Oh, right. Because oh. as much as we've talked about this movie on the show, and I often say like, yeah, I like those Tim Burton Batman movies, but I, you know, they're they're fun or whatever. It, uh, I literally had the a memory the other day that the Tim Burton Batman movie my dad and I watched every year from when I was like five until I was like nine. Mm. Because I can't remember what t- I think it was because the second one was. Is the I can't remember the second one's very much kind of a Christmas movie if I remember right. Right. Yeah. First one's not. The first one's not. No, I don't believe so. I Mm -hmm. seem to remember that around Christmas time, and maybe the second one is the one I'm thinking of. I don't know, but there was always a Batman movie on TV. It was always one of the Michael Keaton Batmans was Mm -hmm. on TV around Christmas time. It would
0: make sense that that would be Batman Returns, but I mean, yeah. But the thing is, a lot of times if they're gonna play Batman Returns, they're probably just gonna yeah. So maybe yeah. I don't
2: know. I just remember there was like a period in my life where around Christmas every year my dad and I would sit down on the couch and watch Batman together and i i don't know that occurred to me the other day and i'm a huge batman fan i yeah. have been like my whole i love batman we
0: anyone our age plus
2: or minus 5 years is like cuz we have the cartoon batman, too we've yeah. got the animated series that we yep. you know and but in my head that's what i credit my batman love with is, oh, is the doubt. animated series i had
0: those i had the action figures from the movie long before i was ever allowed to see the movie so yep. like that is all part of it yeah. but
2: now but it like occurred to me the other day it's like no you did watch that movie you watched it with your dad it was like a you and your dad thing and it was like maybe that's my batman love and, and it be. only like just occurred to me. Yeah, very welcome. But so be. I mean, it's like, I love Batman, so it's like a, definitely Tim Burton's Batman has something to do. with That's that, awesome. You know, that yeah. is awesome. Yeah, that's actually I could put that on my list. I think but, I, you
0: definitely could. But yeah. I it, it, I didn't even think about it. But that's yeah. a good one. Um, all right, this is a, a weird one, but Lethal Weapon Two. Oh, that's so. Oh, I love I how specific that is. That movie. Yeah. And what's funny is I don't even know if it's my favorite Lethal Weapon right. sequel. Um, it's it's hard to tell. Yeah, because it's. The first movie is great. Like the yeah. second one, of course, brings Pesci into it. But yep. that was another one. What's funny is this is all going to come back to dad shit. How yes. appropriate for Spielberg. I bet. But yep. that was no, my dad so thought that Joe Pesci in that movie was so funny. Yep, and he is. He's great. Yep. yep. And uh, okay, 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 okay. <laughs> he's he's killer in those movies. Yep. But he doesn't show up till two. Yep. Um, it's just one of those movies where they get away with murder. Like they really get away with everything. And as a kid, I just thought it was a good movie. Yes, yeah. And then so as it, it, it. Not only do I love them, you yeah. know, they're just good movies. But it's my my favorite stars all together. Like the fourth one by the end has Jet Li, Chris yep. Rock, yep. Joe Pesci, yep. Rene Russo, it's Danny Glover, and Mel Gibson. It's all under the 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 lens of Dick Donner. Yes, yep. And, but it's. It's just one of those movies that I watched a lot and I think every action movie I watch is informed a little bit by how much it's informed by that shot of Mel Gibson rolling on his side as the door is shutting and he's got the... Yep. That's all. Yep. and Oh, and it's, of course, it borne my love for one-liners because it says, probably the best one, where which it's the, the assist, the line that sets off the one-liner is not that great because it's just the bad guy who has diplomatic immunity. <laughs> That's right. Screaming diplomatic, diplomatic immunity. Diplomatic immunity! But then Danny Glover kills him and says... It's just been revoked. Yeah, that's right. So good. Yeah. So and and would be in jail, yep. but because he's Danny Glover and he's just killed hundreds of people, him and Mel Gibson <laughs> yeah, just yeah. killed together. Yep. They kill so many people in those movies. It's insane. But I love I love Lethal Weapon. Yeah. You know, it's it's why even though he's probably a monster, I still yeah. just love. And I, I'm like ready to step to bat for Mel Gibson yeah. because. Probably because I had the tape of *Lethal Weapon*. A,
2: dude, yeah, I mean, it's that that weird that that weird thing about heroes that we've all had to start talking yeah. about and dealing with lately. Where it's like, you you put a little too much stock into somebody because you just love them because they just, just, just did that thing. You continue to love them. It's it's yep. it's it's hard to separate that that stuff. I guess if anything,
0: Lethal Weapon has taught me the beautiful power of separating art from art. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. Weird. It's
2: uh no, I I actually watched the original one with my parents like uh, oh, yeah. like last year. Great movie because it was on Netflix and we were like looking for someone to watch together. And I was like, you know what? This will probably be fun. This yeah. is like I bet you guys. That they, hadn't, they hadn't seen it. And they, Did they love it? They had a great time.
0: Nice. They, you know, and it's like. When it, Gary, when what's his name, uh, put his hand over the candle, was
2: your mom like, "Ooh, dude"? When that's it get, a mom ooh moment. Both of my parents are very averse to like violent movies. Yeah. They don't like violent movies, and I was like, "This movie is violent," but like, yeah, it's like Walker Texas Ranger, Violet's yeah, yeah, movie. yeah. Like yeah. You, you, you'll be fine, and, and and there is like a moment or two because it's it is an R rated movie from that era where it gets like it gets like bloody violent. You know? Oh yeah.
0: But like it's like beefy violence.
2: Yeah. yeah, my my parents are exactly these people where it's like no 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 we don't we don't we don't we don't we don't want we don't like we don't want yeah, we yeah. don't. I'm so in. You know what I mean? Like yeah, as so soon putting as it your starts hands over your face, but peering yeah, through your fingers, I, well, like you're not doing anything. Just like as soon as it starts, it's like they're so in. And then like when the violence there, they're like yep yeah violent yep blood yep He's gonna arm yep that guy. got shot in the head yeah wow great like they just are in you know oh yeah well lethal weapon two is just
0: the best of like. That kind of thing, it, where it just lulls you into, them. and it
2: probably is the best Lethal Weapon sequel. Yeah, probably. probably. I think it probably is. Yeah, and and that's it's no, crazy. That's no He's shade on the other ones because they're by eating dog bones. <laughs> yes. Uh The like, secretary
0: for the bad guy, he like fucks her, and then they just kill her, and he finds yeah. her body at the bottom of the of like the the ocean I or lake or whatever. That, yeah. And then they blow away his uh his beachside house yeah. with machine guns from it. Like, yep. uh, have you ever seen National Lampoon's Loaded Weapon One? No. They it's it's Emilio Estevez and Sam Jackson basically doing a Lethal Weapon parody. Okay, yep. I remember loving it as a That's kid. That's kind of awesome casting. It's uh, I remember loving it, yeah. and but I, it's probably not very good. Right. But I do remember loving it, and they do the scene from Lethal Weapon Two where they blow away this house, yeah. and, and you know the the house falls apart, and a little white flag pops up, and then Bruce Willis of all people, who's not in the movie otherwise, right. stands up. He's like. What are you doing? <laughs> and they're like, is this a t- 215 Oceanside Drive? And he's like, no, this is two thirteen Oceanside <laughs> Drive. It's that way. <laughs> they're like, all right, sorry. And he's like, yeah. No problem. <laughs> and it's just like classic Bruce Willis. That is so funny. And so I think that
2: comes from,
0: <laughs> from my Lethal Weapon 2 love that gets yeah, connected yeah. to it somehow.
2: Somehow Bruce Willis gets connected to it and it and amplifies it its better. greatness even yeah, more. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, all right, I'll throw. I'll throw. I, I think I'll make this number two. Uh, Back to the Future. Oh, right on. Yeah. I, I, you know, it, it, it feels obvious, but it, it has to be in there. I rented all three of these movies so many times growing up. I don't know why my parents didn't just buy them for me. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, I have no idea why we didn't just own the Back to the Future trilogy because I, I demanded to rent them over and over and over. I just loved those movies growing up. And I think partially because, like, you know, I those movies came out the first one anyway. Like before I was born, I think. I mm-hmm. think the first one was eighty five. Yeah, does that sound right? I think so.
0: It was right after I was yeah. born. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. I, I think it was. So I think it was like a couple years before I was born. So like they just all three of them like already existed mm-hmm. when I was like just old enough to be like, "Mommy, rent me a movie." You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, a, and a, I had the same experience. Yeah, you know, they, they already existed on VHS where they could be rented, and so I would just. Rent them, rent different ones at different times, and then so like, eventually as I'm getting older and I'm still loving it and I'm renting it all the time, I'm starting to put the pieces together of like, oh, the thing that he does at the end of the third one with the metal thing is referenced in the second one, and the you know like I started like seeing the thematic like I really think that like Back to the Future like is part of what opened my brain to the to the the reason I like the kind of movies I like. And 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 I criticize movies in the way that I do on this sort of like thematic, like very like image heavy, like do these things make sense? Do they all connect? Mm-hmm. Are they all are all of the elements of this building to the same end? It's because of back to the future. That's what that is what back to the future is. Literally the title of back to the the title back, oh, yeah. to, the back future, to the future is this very clever little puzzle yep. where all the pieces fit together and lead to what the movie is that you're you know
0: what i mean? Yep. Oh, it, well, dude, i'm with you. That's the that is still the best trilogy i think that yeah. we've ever had. It's this weird it's Rubik's so cube of, you know, and their movie movies. Yes, yeah. They really yep. really yep. really are yeah. movie movies. Yeah, every last one of them. It's
2: that and i that i, I want to put that at number 1 but i can't cuz You'll see what also exists, but you already know. Yeah, uh, I already know what you, it's going to be. Know, uh, but, like, Back to the Future is right there. It is, like, the. Th- it is so close to being the thing that's, like, that is the thing. That's what I love. Mm-hmm. And this is why I love the things I, I love.
0: That should be on my list. I mean, I came at my list, I think, a little bit differently yeah, than yeah, you did, yeah. but... Yeah, that should be on there. Yeah, it's the best. Yeah, it's just, it's just so it,
2: good. Listen, if I made my list the way you made your list, it would be full of like Olsen twins movies because I had a younger sister growing oh, up yeah. and that was like oh, what yeah. we watched all the time. That's why my
0: love for Newsies is so deep because yeah. we just had it. And yep. I know that movie, I will tell you, it is fucking god awful. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, I love it. Yeah, but uh the next two are more, my number two and my number one are more into how my tastes in what I want out of a movie, what I chase in movies, yep. and like the kind of genre stuff that I like. Oh, yeah. uh, my number two is Tremors. Oh, dude. I watched Great that choice. all the fucking time yep. because we were babysat by my aunt, and my cousins had a couple of tapes. They had Ghostbusters, uh-huh. they had Tremors, and they uh-huh. had my number one movie, which we'll yep. get to. And we watched it. Every time we were over there, and I remember the the tremors when they exploded, it was so gross looking and it looked kind of like pizza. Yeah, and I remember one time we were over there and we were all grossed out because her the my aunt ordered pizza, yeah, yeah, and yeah. we were all like, and it was like that's so crazy that yeah. this movie made me viscerally reject pizza of all things yeah. because it's just so good. But we watched it every time we were over there, we chased it, we loved it. I was terrified to walk across the floor because tremors would hear me, yep. yeah, we're not even called tremors, but we just that's from it, they're, yep. they're yep. yeah, the tremors, yeah. My love for creature features, my love for practical effects, my love for fucked up horror, because certain things in that movie, now they don't fuck me up because it's silly. Yeah. But as a kid, like that lady who gets eaten in the car, that Dude, fucked that me car up. Dude, that car scene fucked me up it's as a kid. Fucked up. It fucked me when, up. When uh, the grandpa from Three Ninjas is yes. half in the mouth yep. and getting pulled in. Yep. Fucked up. Yeah, dude. And so, but what's weird is that stuff freaked me out as a kid, and now I chase it. Yeah. I love yep. horror movies. I love that kind of that stuff. That was on I TV a lot figures. when we were a kid, It was on too. a lot. Yeah. Also, that was my introduction to Kevin Bacon. Oh, yes. keeps on giving, and he's great he's in amazing. that movie. Yeah, so, he's so good. Tremors just did a lot for shaping what it is I look for That's in such movies a good and pick. what it is. Love Tremors. That's such a good pick. And, and it came down to attrition. Yeah. It just beat at my brain because it's all we had. Yep. Until I loved it. Yeah. Even Ghost, I was so afraid of the librarian at the beginning of Ghostbusters. I would hide in the other room and, like... That's one of the best movies I've ever seen. Right? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's yep. as a kid, I but it's because it was just beat into my brain. E. T. Terrified the fuck out of yep. me as a kid, and I still got to rewatch. And it. I, I grew to it love it. You know, like I, I don't I did. remember that movie at all. It's I, a sin.
2: I want to rewatch it because I haven't seen it in probably a decade, if not mm. more. You know, um, but I I did grow to love that movie as a kid. But and you were afraid I of it at first. Was terrified yep. of that movie. It's the same thing when
0: you're a kid. You're like, ew, girls. Yeah. And yeah. now we're like, oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> creeps about it. You know. Yeah. yeah. So oh, it's it's you know back then it was like oh my god he exploded and yeah. I'm like hey
2: what movies do you have with a guy that explodes <laughs> I need that I'm chasing yeah. it so uh, thanks Tremors <laughs> yeah exactly so I think I I would as, I would assume people listening right now assume I'm going to say Ghostbusters for my number one that I would have been that's my people, guess yeah uh, it's so here's the thing Ghost, I did love Ghostbusters growing up I I had action figures and I and I liked the cartoons mm. and I had seen the movies and I liked them. My love of Ghostbusters was born in college. That, it was my rediscovery of Ghostbusters as an adult where I realized this thing that I had loved as a kid... But didn't mean anything to me for like a very long time. Yeah, 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 was actually not even for me when I was a kid. Yeah, you know, yeah. like that, like rediscovery of Ghostbusters being this like. And you think it's just a certain thing, and then you find out, Oh no, it's actually like
0: this comedy movie. Yeah, it's like yeah, a weird thing that he, became a. F- we became fans of the phenomenon yes, long before the movie. Y- exactly,
2: yeah. it was, and then it was like becoming a f- actually a fan of the actual movie, and like yeah. what it was doing was like. That's almost why I love that movie so much. Is that weird combination of those things? Mm-hmm. If I'm talking about like the things that define me, me I would say like ghostbusters it's star wars oh yeah It's okay. i mean it's the most obvious answer
0: that's true if a star wars showed up in ready player one that would have been they mentioned the millennium right. falcon yep. but if they if you know like a you know a stormtrooper showed up or something it wouldn't
2: surprise me if somewhere in there there There's and, a nod, and 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 yeah. he like very intentionally like really put it in the background yeah r2 like goes yeah, by the or something yeah it star i mean and I. I know that's the obvious answer, just in general. But I, I'm not. I'm not kidding. That like I was the biggest fucking. Star. I loved Star Wars through my entire childhood. Just anything about it? I yeah. continued to love it through high school. I continued to love it through college. I still love it now. Like it's better than it's ever been. Yeah, now. it, it, it <laughs> has like... never left me. Yeah, like how much I love Star Wars. I'm with you. And 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 now I have this weird, you know, uh, other layer to this where my my friends have a daughter who's three. Who loves Star I How mean, cool is that? She fucking <laughs> loves Star and that's so awesome. And if you ask her, and she's seen most of them now, if you ask her, what do you want to watch? And she at now, right now, she's like three and a half. She watches a Star Wars movie every day. Nice. That you know, because they you know, it's like one of those she's things. She's either like, saved or doomed. Empire Strikes <laughs> Back every time. If really? You, if you ask her, what do you want to watch? Empire every time. Really? And that's how I was as a kid.
0: That's wild. I was
2: not a return of the Jedi kid. I was not I was a, I was I, a Jedi kid. I, and most kids, it sounds, yeah. what I understand, what I've made, made to understand is most kids love Re- Return of the Jedi is the thing that they love. That's what got them to Star Wars. I don't know why. I don't know if that's just the only tape my uncle owned. You know, yeah, yeah. Empire Strikes Back is the one that I watched over and over and over. Well, you as a know where kid. I come down on Return of the Jedi. They yeah. had jet motos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, exactly. Like that is yep. literally why that. was Also, my one of the best sequences in that movie. Oh, yeah. I, that, like today still holds up. Like a so cool. I remember cool.
0: watching Empire because I saw them on TV first. Yeah, and I saw it Empire, New Hope, and then Return of the yep. Jedi because I had taped Star Wars the night before, but I was home that night, so I just watched Empire. Just watch what was on? And I remember it ended like I already knew that Darth Vader was his father. Yep, yep, that was yep. that was well baked. We into were born into. World where but that when was. it ended where it ended i just remember being like wait whoa whoa wait that's wait that's not what movies do to you yeah right and my yeah. dad's like well we'll watch jedi tomorrow yeah and uh but then i was like wait so what, who's the ghost he's like we'll, we'll watch new hope after yeah. that yeah because we have it taped and so yeah it dude was i remember like weird.
2: usa used to do that yes like maybe once a year like they I love
0: the shot where Luke's looking at the two sons, the da, 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 because they cut to that before and after every commercial yes. break. And I just yep. associate that with Star, yep. the Star Wars Weekend
2: continues. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And that's what they did. They did the Star Wars Weekend. Yep. They would do it like Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You could sit oh, down and watch so good.
0: the trilogy of it. Yeah. That's the
2: second best way to have seen them, besides yes. in the theater
0: when they came out. It was, it was yeah. just watching them on TV. And honestly, the
2: those TV cuts are probably closer to the cuts we all covet. Yeah, that's true. Than than the ones that we can get now. Yeah, you know? that's very true. Um, but it, it, Star Wars is just like if I'm talking about the thing that like really influenced me the most from movies. It's it's Star Wars. It's uh, there's no getting around that. It was the biggest part of my childhood. And continues to be, like, one of the biggest parts of my life. You know what I mean? Absolutely. It's just, I mean, it is, yeah. It's a great choice. Ghostbusters is tattooed on my arm. Yeah. Star Wars lives in my heart.
0: It's it's the force. Yeah. It is. It has become. Yeah. All right, well, my number one, Star Wars, would also have been a good one. Yeah. This is just another one that is just, this is a movie that every piece of imagery from it pleases me to no end. Yes. It makes me so excited. It's one of my favorite movies to show to people. Yeah. Because this was the other tape that my cousins had, yeah. and we watched it all the time. You're like, it's Friday gross. the 13th, part seven. No, <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, yeah. no, it's, it's gross. It's scary. It's yeah. so funny. It's action-packed. It's iconic. It's Indiana Jones and the Temple. Of, of course. I, I I I Of it. course it is. and yeah. It's part of the reason why I love gross-out horror. It's yeah. why I love, but it's also, it's tied into the Star Wars yeah. love. It's why I love Harrison Ford. It's yeah. why I love big action pictures. Yeah. It's why I love practical stunt work. It's why I love movies that, that sort of challenge your taste. Yeah. And all of the imagery is so nostalgic for yeah. me that if it shows up in anything, I'm so happy. I, I defend the fourth Indiana Jones. Yeah. It's better than people say, but mostly yes. what it comes down to is, like, I'm so gaga for that imagery. Just pipe it Give in. Give it in, me. me. I'm in. Yeah. And so, yeah, if it showed up in Ready Player One, like, that is my number one nostalgia property. Yeah. If Mola Ram pops into anything. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's over. If Short Round pops into anything, good night, ladies.
2: Did you kind of notice that there was a... To me, it seemed like a very slight reference to Short Round in Ready Player One. No. Do tell. So, um... I, I want to try and get away with this without spoilers. Once they reveal who some of the people are behind the avatars, mm-hmm. oh, there yeah, is yeah, a character yeah. that to me they he meets. Yeah, Shoto and Daito. There yeah. was a character that to me they Spielberg was was very much tipping his hat to. Like, I think you're. This correct. is one of my classic characters. See, you know what I mean? Like, the, I think you're right. I didn't even think about that. I, I, it, it struck me immediately. I think you're
0: spot on. Yeah. I bet there's probably even a costume tied to that. Yeah, I he bet. The hat. He did. That's, I didn't even uh, think about that. He does have the hat. And, you know, short the the other thing about Temple of Doom that puts it in is, uh, well, chilled monkey brains, of course. Of course. The left tunnel indie. But yes. the best, my favorite line, I think, in, in any movie ever yeah. is when uh, he's about to cut the bridge. Yes, And so Kate Capshaw and Short Round are on the bridge. And, like, this is totally a gopher broke, just... Yep. he's got to do it and he says to short round something in his native language yeah and she's like whoa, whoa, whoa. what did you just say what did you say And he's like hang on lady we going for a ride <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> like, yep. that is so good and as a kid that slayed me yep and i think about it all the time
2: i to this day i i don't I know what i'm talking about on the show i love the line where they're still on the plane they're about to jump out of with a raft and do a little river rafting oh yeah you know, i'm talking yeah, about yeah, the yeah. Crashing plane uh the uh Indy and and k capshaw are like in the cockpit arguing with each other about how they're gonna like figure the situation out and blah 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 and all of a sudden short round kicks the door of the cockpit open and he goes dr Jones no more parachutes yeah yeah, big arms sweep. Oh, yeah yeah, yeah
0: it's, he was so good that's i love that oh yeah. short round yep i don't even know like well would
2: he play nowadays i don't know i don't know but yep. whatever that's yeah he's, i mean he's great Yep. I mean, to be honest with you, like Probably. those those characters in Ready Player One were not that dissimilar from that portrayal of that's true. uh of Asian characters. And I, I you know, I think we are getting to a point where that is um a somewhat reductive interpretation of especially like an American mm-hmm. Asian person. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. And short round's been in other things and that seems to be how he is.
0: Right. It doesn't yeah. seem to be much of a character. Right. It's, it was more like they just hired the kid who yeah. was
2: I think know, the, charismatic. I think the problem we don't have to go on a whole diatribe. The, uh, the, the problem with that interpretation of, of especially like an American-Asian person is more just that the purpose of them talking like that is to make you and I laugh. Yes, yeah. That's Short more the problem round, with it's it.
0: It's not his talking no. like that that makes him funny. No. It's the fact that he is this adorable thorn in Indy's heel yep. that Indy has respect for. He's a sidekick um, character. Yeah, he's a sidekick yeah. character. He's a good sidekick yep. character. And, and I think that's like, I don't know, just... You know, you see yourself in Short Round as a little kid going alongside with Indy. Totally. You don't see that in, uh, what's his name, Salah or whatever his name is. Is Oh, yes. Um, Yeah, I think that's right. I forget what it is. But yeah. You don't see that. You, Of course, you don't see it in Sean Connery. But as yep. a kid, you see a little kid who gets to hang with yep. Indy and it's just gross and scary. And, you know, Dookie they cut open kooky. the snake and the babies come out and they eat them Ugh. ravenously. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. The movie is like a blast. It's so good. Yeah. There was a years ago, there was a film Crit Hulk piece where he just said something to the effect of like it's a it's a carnival movie. Yep. You know, and it's just it's just an onslaught of plot. Yeah. You know, there's really not a lot of growth happening for any right, character right. short of I don't want to put up with these people. Oh now yeah. I'm glad I put up with these people. Like that's really what it boils Adventure, down adventure, to. adventure, adventure, adventure. But it's pure adventure and yeah. it's it's really you know, and the fact that it's like the hard one. Yeah. You know, uh it Spielberg is. even said he like wasn't a big fan of how it turned out because he right. thought he went too hard. But yeah. I love that it's the hard edgy yeah. one, you know, it's the it's a good second chapter. Yeah. It's and it's just like it's wild. It's wild. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's it's yeah, it's crazy. I love that. Yeah,
2: I I actually struggled with whether I was going to put Indiana Jones on the list or not, because it it was definitely a big part of my childhood. But when I was like being honest with myself, I was like. You know what? I don't love those movies as much as people that love those movies. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. It was like that was not it didn't have the same impact on me that it has definitely had on other people. I know. Well, this was
0: once again, it was access. Yeah. I had this for I had been watching this over and over for that years before I ever be saw that, Star Wars. That tape we had in that in
2: particular everybody had, it seemed mm-hmm. like Temple of Doom in particular, a lot of people had.
0: And it's historical because it was the first PG thirteen. That's
2: right. Yep. Uh yeah, that rating was kind of invented for that movie. For that. Yep. So there you go. Top five movies we are nostalgic for, or sort of, you know, influenced our our tastes. Top five movies we wanted to talk about tonight. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) We should. That should just become (laughs) the the segment from now on. (laughs) (laughs) It just goes unthemed. It's just the top five movies I want to talk about tonight. (laughs) Tonight's top five list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Number five. Oh my god, that's kind of (laughs) that's kind of funny. Tonight's top five. (laughs) Just the top five. That is the top five. Tonight's top top five. five Things. Yeah. Yeah, that's what we do. Tonight's top five. I like that. Uh, so yeah, Minority Report fucking holds the fuck up and is w- literally worth rewatching like right now. Yeah, uh, really uh good stuff. Uh, it, 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 especially American audiences right now. It's like that is what is happening right now is what that movie is about. A lot like us in yeah. ways that you wouldn't are gonna make you to uncomfortable. Like and it's yeah. Uh, yeah. uh and uh, Ready Player One is also a blast. Totally uh, cool. Yeah, I think you. I think if you're going to see that movie, if you have any inkling to see it, go see it in the theater. Because oh, yeah. that is where you're going to get the best experience with it.
0: And I think, uh, I'll give you this advice, the Easter eggs are fun, yeah, but like to I agree me the value of the movie was actually just watching the choreography as a, Spielberg, choreography, movie. As a yeah. Spielberg movie. It looks really cool. The The important Easter eggs You'll will, see em. will be present to You'll you. You'll see them. The little ones you can do on DVD
2: later. Yes, uh, because there are literally so many of the little ones that, it, that it's, it's not worth taking your eyes off of the truly incredible things that are happening on screen. To catch the fact that there's a battle toad in this movie, yeah, you know exactly. what I mean, it, and there is there's battle toads There are in battle toads yeah. in this movie. They don't do anything, but they're no, in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, and and the ones that are significant and important, you, they they, they, they do get screen shit, time. Yeah. They're they there. Do all the shit, you know, yeah, yeah it's uh, yeah. So uh, recommend seeing it and just sitting back and and taking the ride because mm-hmm. it's pretty fun. Uh, if 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 not a little shallow. Yeah. Uh but super fun.
0: Ready player fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Boom. Boom. That's the note to go out on. Boom. Uh, uh we
2: didn't do any housekeeping crust. No, so let's do so, it now. Yeah, uh, uh yeah. Oh, find it. us online. Twitter at filmadelphia is my name, not the show. I like two movie. That's numeric two. Uh on Twitter, Facebook.com slash I like two movie. Uh you can email us, I like two movie at gmail.com. We like hearing from you there. Uh something we haven't asked for in a while, but I think it's important to do is rate and subscribe on iTunes. Oh, yes. Yeah. That helps us a lot. Uh I, I really am actually trying to get us on Spotify and a couple other places. I swear to cool. God, those things are eventually coming down the line. Uh so uh we're you know, we're already a lot of places you can find us on the internet. We're hoping to be even spreading our tendrils further. Tendrils, is that the right word for It's better than tentacles. Yeah. Yeah. I think tendrils is like fingertips of some kind or something. Yeah, yeah. I think of like
0: so now I'm just picturing the melting. They have dude like little suction RoboCop. cups on the
2: end of them for some that, reason. No, nope, that's head. where you lose me. That's tentacles. Oh, tentacles. Nope, no, 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 no. no, no, we, no, you no, wanna, no. Uh, we're octopi. You nope. Should come. No. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Drawn a hard line. Like, I'm not. a All tentacle I have to dude. do is refer to sea creatures, <laughs> and Dan loses his mind. Nope. Some sea creatures are okay. I have two fish. They're tiny little beta fish, and like. We have an understanding. It
2: didn't even occur to me that you are currently living with fish, and yeah. I should be making fun of you for that. It's
0: because I'm living with a girlfriend who loves these two fish, Yes, and so I just am okay. But honestly, they're actually pretty cool. You've agreed to coexist. Yeah. We've agreed. Yeah. We have an understanding. We yeah. talked about it. I feed them in the morning. We're Very good. Good. Yeah. Very good. Actually, they're they're pretty cool, not yeah. going to lie, but they're little fish.
2: They're not beasts with tentacles. Yeah. They're not Cthulhu pets. <laughs> uh anyway yeah so follow us on uh social media because we'll announce things like live shows we have coming up and things like that there we're gonna be working on uh, some cool stuff uh, yes we definitely yeah uh we've done some very cool episodes recently and we i think are gonna have some very cool episodes uh further this year so uh keep up with us and uh uh, uh, uh you can find me on twitter at filmadelphia it's with an f letterbox.com slash philadelphia, where i recently reviewed this will be my recommendation the willies a horror anthology from 1990 Made for children. I saw this at South Street Cinema, where I was the only person in the audience. Oh, you went with nice. our friend Alex. Uh, I went on St. Patty's Day because on St. Patty's Day they announced a secret screening. So I thought secret screening—that sounds like my Probably kind of thing. It. I showed up. I was the only person to show up, and Alex was like, "Yeah, I don't know. I was going to show this like, uh, this like Irish drama. I don't even remember what it was called. It was like li- it was like the dumbest looking thing I've ever seen in my life. I was like." why are you showing this? Why is this the thing you want to show? I was like, who wants to watch this? He was like, I don't know. Say Patty's day. I was trying to figure out something Irish to show. I was like, well, what I'm the only one here. What else do you have? And he was like, I have this VHS for this, the willies. And it's literally, it's a horror movie for kids from 1990, starring donkey lips of shorts fame. And Sean Astin, there is a Goonies joke in the middle of the movie. So it was clearly, it clearly came out like a year or two after Goonies. It is bad in all respects. I'm on your letterbox now because I just want to see the picture of this. It's bad in all respects, but follow me on these two points of why everyone should see this movie. Yep. (laughs) It's a horror anthology where Sean Astin is telling stories to two other kids in a tent. So he's just telling stories. That's how we get the anthology of it all. The first three are literally like three minutes long a piece. So at first you're like... What what am I watching? What is? These are yeah, yeah. literally like short, like short shorts, you know. And the titles don't happen until after the third one. That's when that's when they finally do. Like it's the Willies, blah blah. blah. Yeah, yeah, one of the first things that happened in the movie is a three minute short about an old woman whose cat gets all wet, so she puts it in the microwave to dry it off. That's incredible. And then the cat violently explodes on camera in this movie for children. I mean, it's a special sounds awesome. It's a special effect. But it violently explodes on camera. And I was like, what is this movie? It's supposed to be for kids. Yeah, I was watching Temple of Doom. (laughs) I get it. This is right in that era, too. It's 1990. The segment with donkey lips is the reason everyone should watch this movie. It's a segment about a young boy who the movie tries to tell you is like just your typical 90s 10-year-old. Yeah,
0: yeah. That was us.
2: But his deal... And again, the movie tries to pass this off as if this was the normal deal for any normal 10-year-old in 1990. Is that he collects flies? He, like, purposely catches flies, brings them to his basement, pulls their wings off, puts little costumes on them, and puts them in elaborate dioramas that he's built of, like, a 50s diner, or, like, a classroom, or, like, an office setting. It literally tries to pass that off as if that's just what we were all doing when we were 10 in 1990. I never did that. It is the weirdest. It is so fucked up in the least. It's like not gross. It's not gruesome. But it's like one of the most fucked up things I've ever seen in my life. Like everyone needs to see this movie to see this weird fucking 20 minute short film about donkey lips abusing flies. I mean, it's so (laughs) strange. It's so weird.
0: I love that he will always be donkey lips, which is like. I
2: literally don't know his name, and I feel so bad about it. You want to know
0: what his name is? What is it? Michael Bauer. For real? Yes, B-O-W-E-R.
2: For real?
0: For real. It might be
2: Bowers, but I think it's Bower. Right? Oh, my oh, yeah. God. Michael it, Bauer. I feel very bad that I don't know his name because it's horrible that he's only ever going to me, he, he donkey ever gonna be donkey lips to he, me. But he is only ever going to be donkey lips to me. He's donkey
0: lips. He's fat in a way that no one else is. He's certainly good on salute your shorts. It's,
2: what silly children's writing, though? Like donkey lips. Uh, d- uh, yeah, what are we doing? Di- oh but my, it worked. It's it totally worked. It's locked in my brain. I'm never going to forget that. Awful waffle. Awful awful, <laughs> yeah. waffle. My God. Sorry, yep, so that's so my recommendation. On, you can find me
0: online. I'm on Twitter at Dan Scully, Letterbox at Dan Scully. Check out Um, uh, I said Letterbox. I said all that. You guys know what's going on. You guys know what the dilly is and what the deal is. If I were to make a recommendation, um, oh, God, it's that Willie's poster. Yep. Do I even really need to do one? Um, Oh, no. you know what? I think you should go see Isle of Dogs. Oh, yes. Um, Isle of Dogs. I'm dying to is, see it. uh, It's... Wes Anderson just doing more of what he does and yep. doing it well. Yep. And it's very funny. His dry wit is delivered well by dogs. I heard uh, it's
2: actually like, as far as like Wes Anderson movies goes, it's one of the better comedies because it's like more focused on just being a comedy and not funny. that melancholy or not like, very melancholy.
0: Yeah. It's got, you know, I mean, there's animals in it, but it's not like there's, it's, it's goofy, you yeah. know, it's you know, but it's, it's not empty, but it's just a good movie. Yeah. And what I came out of it with is like, if you love dogs, yeah. or if you've ever been loved by a dog, yeah. you will see this movie and be reminded of just how how true that love is, yeah. despite the fact that we will never speak the same language as these dogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, there's no such thing as a talking dog, but I think it's we can be reasonably sure that what we assume they say is probably right because, we are like, communicating with them and that in, love in a is real specific way yeah i wanted to squeeze every i mean i always want to squeeze every i yeah, love dogs yeah, yeah. but uh, and also i love dogs i love I, dogs yeah, yeah, that is yeah. the best thing in the world yeah um yeah so i recommend that you should check it out and that's another one that i think is actually worth seeing on the big screen because it's a textural experience
2: i, I and i love fucking animated anyway you know we did kubo on here where i got to gush about that i love that shit that's yeah i always recommend people see it on the big screen uh, because you, you should support that particular art form, I think. It doesn't get enough. And also, it is a really crazy art form that is really awesome to see projected on a huge screen, mm-hmm. you know? It's Wes Anderson. He makes things for the screen. He makes you know, he's really good it. movies, yeah. yeah. So yeah. that's my thing. All right, cool. Ah,
0: let's wrap it up. My name is Garrett Smith, and I like to movie, movie. Woo! <laughs> my name is Dan Scully, and I like to movie, movie. we we all know that you like to movie, movie, because we, we like, like to, to Movie! movie!